22 pages later with your host, the cap, Mike the Finance Guy. And Ralph the Tech. So that explains why we weren't on last week, huh? Yes, that's very, very <laughs> great. So basically the cap for once is trying to deflect the fact that we had to wait another long time. So he wanted to make sure everyone had someone else to blame. Yeah, this, hey, this time this it wasn't time his it fault. Was, it wasn't my fault this time. But I'm um, glad to have you back in the States, Ralph, alive and well. Yeah, you know, that coyote, you know, he was really rude. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It's like, I mean, come on. I understand I'm, I'm paying you to let me into the country illegally. But come on. You could at least give me like a, you know a little snack or something. A so wait a minute, you're telling me the coyote that lets people into the country, that's where he gets his money to buy all the Acme products to go after the Roadrunner? Yeah, it's okay. that same okay. coyote. I'm, <laughs> I'm just going with the intro. <laughs> all right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the most talked about podcast in this room. Meanwhile, 22 pages later, episode 63. I'm one of your hosts, the Cap, and sitting in his usual seat is the man who's more opinionated than Donald Trump. MFG, Mike, the finance guy. The alien mothership is in orbit here. If we can hit that bullseye, the rest of the dominoes will fall like a house of cards. Checkmate. Zap Brannigan. <laughs> I love Zap Brannigan. <laughs> That's pretty clever. And Manning the second Mike is the man who agrees with everything, including leaving us for a week to DR without any mamahuana. RT Square, Ralph the Tech. I agree to that. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Yeah. Well, was DR was DR as beautiful as it always is? Even more so. Your yeah. doctor's that beautiful? Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. Oh God. She was smoking hot. I'm sorry. Oh, here we go with the smoking hot. All right. What? <laughs> all right. So we have fire to... alarms are going off all over the place. <laughs> fire hydrants were dry. All right. All right. All right. Well, if it's a Dominican doctor, I could probably believe it. Yeah. Absolutely. Man. Okay. Right. I'm with you there. All right. <laughs> um, well, first off, glad to have you back. But um, just to make sure, we, we have to cover a lot of ground, a little bit of time. So today's episode, we're going to review the new DC animated film, Justice League, Gods and Monsters. And then later, we'll discuss the new addition to the Marvel movie universe, Ant-Man. So now let's get back to our normal routine and let's go to our first segment, which is MFG talking about, you know, a lot of things. So much so we should call it mic time. But right now, we call it the quick news. And now, the quick news. With Mike, the finance guy, and Ralph and Kai. Yeah, it took so long for you to announce it. I thought it was just called the long segue. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's just as long as your quickness. Uh, but not as interesting. <laughs> right, says you. Go ahead, go ahead, Mike time. We're going to have to start okay. calling it Mike time now. All right, guys, just zip it up and put them away. Wow. <laughs> Somebody's got some balls in the kid from DR. Yeah, I found them on the plane. No, you bought them in duty free. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> what you got there, Mike? All right, all new. All different, all desperate Marvel. Uh, they have a few surprises for readers in October when Secret Wars concludes. One such last-ditch effort tries to bring excitement to its Guardians of the Galaxy title. The solicitation for Guardians of the Galaxy number one by Brian Michael Bendis and Valerio Schito, uh, Schiti, excuse me, uh, will bring readers a new Star Lord, or rather Star Lady, aka yeah. Kitty Pride. What? Yeah, yeah. Did you stand it all nonsense? We were like, yeah. What? No, no. I heard, I heard about the female Star Lord, yeah. but I didn't realize it was Kitty Pride. Yeah. Now, what has happened to Star-Lord? Seems he has left the team to become the new emperor of his birth race, the Spartaks. Oh, so he did, he did end up doing that. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. So that's something there. I, I, I don't know. I mean, you have Kitty. It just doesn't feel... 
you know what it feels like to me is a disservice. Um, not so much that she's there. I could care less that she's up there, whatever, like that. It's just that the fact that she's Star Lady. Yeah. It's you know you have a, a, a character that's been established since the late seventies. You know she's gone through a lot. She's been her own person. Da 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 da. And now you're just somebody. You're this. You're somebody else in the female version. Yeah, the female version of this character that's yeah. created. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think that's it's just belittling to the strength of her character. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Um. I'm very interested to see what they're going to do with um, Kitty, especially because we already know how Marvel feels about mutant properties in the comic books ever since Fox owns it. Right. I wonder how, what they're going to do. And now that they kind of separated them and they're kind of like under their own you know, books now, I wonder what they're going to do with her. She's usually written pretty well within the past like five years. Yeah. So hopefully they, they, they do a justice. But oh. it sounds like the most interesting book post-Secret Wars. Well, possibly. I mean, you know, you also have the thing that's up there now, too. Yeah. Oh, I tell you, I think part of the team now yep. of the Guardians of the Galaxy. My question is, isn't it kind of like dangerous to have someone whose power is intangibility to be in a spaceship? What if she accidentally, you know, walks through like a wall of the outer hall or like she's doing a spacewalk and she, you know, comes out of her Well, suit? then her code name would just be dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> if you just walked out in the space accidentally, you know, the, 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 actually, though, the biggest danger, I mean, granted, she's control of her power would be if she actually phased through something electronic. Yeah. On a spaceship because that that's, would just that's that would ruin it. That's true. Which they could use. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean it could easily come to come play. Up. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I can see her now. They're like someone's chasing them, and she's like, "All right, I got this." Wait, what are you doing? And she jumps out of the ship and then phases through the other ship's like engine or something that messes it up, and then they're like, "She's like, all right, just come pick me up." Because <laughs> it's that easy. It's just that easy. <laughs> it's just that easy. <laughs> one, two, three. That's it. Thank you once again for another episode of Ralph Explains It All. <laughs> Tune in next week. I'll tell you how your brain works. <laughs> no. <laughs> Mike, what else you got? So is Minecraft always sunny in Philadelphia? What? Well, you'll have to wait to find out the answer to that burning question because uh, Rob McElhenney, co-creator and co-star of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, is the newly chosen director of Warner Brothers' Minecraft movie. What? They're making a Minecraft movie? Do you not yeah. To the, to the that movies? was like quick news months ago. Yeah. Way to go. I was in DR, man. Like, my mind. <laughs> yeah, not it, that it, many. It not that months ago, you weren't. Dude, you can't even use that excuse. You can use that excuse for this podcast, but for the other podcast, the other 61, 62 of them. It flushes out. It's what happens when you go to DR. And right? also, you also made the bigger mistake by saying, you know, the DR and flushes. We know they don't have, like, working toilets there. Oh. Yeah, you gotta have, you have to add water into it. <laughs> Wow, that, that's <laughs> that sounds like the, the not so good experience of going on vacation. Well, well, unless you use the one with the hole in, in the ground and that's it, and there's no water necessary. Ah, there you go. Yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, you just have to worry about the creepy old hand reaching up. That's, uh, <laughs> I thought Mike was gonna make the transition on now, now, now transitioning from shit to more shit. If you talk about the next news, if you train the hand right, it wipes for you. Ah, there you go. Wow, <laughs> thank you, thing. Okay, okay, boom. <laughs> what so, have we got? So many heroes, so little time. Perhaps not. Legends of Tomorrow showrunner Phil Klemmer says the show will be an anthology series with each year to be seen as its own separate movie. Klemmer described season one as, quote, more like a caper because it's sort of like Ocean's Eleven, where you have a team of misfits, a, a dirty dozen, and they've been sent on essentially a suicide mission. It's almost like a family dynamic between people who can't get along, but are forced to get along because they're stuck in this stupid time travel spaceship and have to save the world. But if it weren't for that, they would absolutely kill each other, end quote. Okay, I, I agree. So that's going to be interesting. Did you hear anything of whether or not um, Flash and Arrow are going to make appearances? Yeah, they will make appearance. But like like one episode, or is it going to be like off and on? I mean, they're just, I mean, they're right now, you know, they're not going to give a ton away because that will also give away to the, the show. Much, um, but definitely, I, I, 
expecting them to be there in at least the first one because yeah. that'll oh, push yeah. it off and everything like that. But you know, they're closed lipped after that. And I hope they they do it the way they did Flash and Arrow last year, where um, um, they had the Flash and Arrow interaction different. It was the same interaction, but it looked different in each episode. Right. I like mean, well, one it, you just saw him saying, you know, I have to go see Flash or whatever. Right. I mean, it just all depends on, uh, first of all, when the show starts versus when the other show starts and everything like that right. and what's happening. But yeah, it would be nice to see, you know, the Flash, you know, like get a signal or, you know, whatever, you know, and Wally, you know, in the Arrow show get like some kind of thing. He's like, wait a minute, I have to go where? Or maybe even gets a message from the White Canary. Wally? Right. No, the Arrow. It's saying like in the Arrow to see. Uh, you said Wally. He said, I said Wally. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, I was on the flash mode. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, absolutely. Um, um, I, I think that if that's done well, especially if it lines up differently, it's just like comic books where um, one thing Mike used to like about old comic books is when you read the Fantastic Four and they would see you would see Ghost Rider flying by or driving by and Reed Richards would say something like, oh, I wonder where he's going. And you'd see the little box saying, you want to know what's up with Ghost Rider, pick up Ghost Rider, whatever. Oh, yeah. It's a good way of bringing all the readers together. I think if they do the same thing with the um, Oh, that'd be great. Series, yeah, great. Of course, this is about time travel, so you, know, you never know what's going to happen with that. Right. All right, now what's worse than a movie with unfavorable reviews prior to its release? How about a movie that does not allow reviews until the night before its release? Oh, my God. Fox's Fantastic Four movie, which opens nationwide on August 7th, initially held an embargo for reviews until August 6th at 7 p.m. <laughs> Eastern Standard Time, um, Standard Time for online reviews and until August 7th, which is when it opens, for print media. Now, after a wave of internet backlash, Fox has changed its embargo for online reviews to August 5th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, but they haven't said anything about the print media, so I'm assuming that's still going to be August 7th, which is the day it opens. Wow. Now, to put this in context... Embargoes are common practice for studios to control the release of coverage and allow all reviews to post simultaneously. Most are scheduled early in the release week so that the news is dominated by the talk of the film. However, for a studio to prevent reviews to be printed until the film is in theaters is usually the final dark cloud that ensures a perfect crap storm. This kind of movie is typically uh, this kind of move is typically done to get advanced ticket sales locked in before the truth gets out. Ah, oh, so they're trying to get the money up. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just like when I read that, that I was like, holy shit. Sign. My question is, who the fuck does Fox think they are that they can stop people from talking about the movie? Because I'm sure they've done pre-screenings already for people who... I'm pretty who, sure they haven't done oh, pre-screenings. Yeah, probably. probably, first of all, they probably haven't. And even if they have, I mean, anyone that they would pre-screen for, they're not going to pre-screen for you and I. I mean, you know, they're going to pre-screen for critics. All right. And they're under contract. Yeah, so but, they would just sue them. Yeah, but I'm sure, like, if you know, they tell someone in the street, like, by they would sue them. Really? Yeah. I mean, wh- what do you think a multi-billion-dollar company is going to do when when you when their piece of shit is going to be ruined by your talk <laughs> about their piece of shit? You know? Yeah. They're, they're going. We're not going to make money from the movie, so we're going to make money suing everybody. <laughs> so I mean, I'm oh I'm hoping that point. maybe this was just them thinking that this is being coy and not a sign of a bad movie. Jazz, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember Jazz. Um, shout out to Jazz. I remember when Jazz would sit there at the job with you and I, yeah. and he'd talk about, well, you know, you know, Cap, Mike, you're not giving it a chance. It's a, it's a new take on this movie, and you know, you guys have to be open minded and not be you know so trapped into the way the Fantastic Four were. Ah, yeah. I, and before I wasn't trapped in the way they were. This just sounded bad. Um, the thing that uh, that gets me though is that. And everybody sees this as the same thing. Their new trailers look interesting, but I'm sure that yeah. that's because you're piling up a bunch of action together. You know. Did you see the one with young uh, Reed Richards? I. Where he's in school and he's like, "Oh, uh, 
uh, in the future we're gonna have uh, teleportation where we could send stuff, and then the teacher's like, "Oh, that's fine, okay." He's like, "Oh, but I already built it." And oh, I did thing, see that. Yeah. You see the next scene is where he's like charging up the, the teleporter and like takes out power from all the place. Yeah, if only he just teleports himself into a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> bitter much? <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Mike. <laughs> I'll be more bitter later. <laughs> Well, we know we only have another week before that's going to come out. So, yeah. oh, that's so, right. so, so in two weeks from now, assuming there's no delays from Cap and Ralph, we'll be able to review this wonderful and I'm certain to be excellent movie I from Fox. The one time we wish there was a delay. But, oh, that, that reminds me. I have to go into the Phantom Zone next week, so <laughs> I don't know when I'm getting back. Oh, man. Wait, what are you consoling Gra- uh, Zod's grieving widow? Yeah. <laughs> She's hot. For a Phantom Zone woman. <laughs> what else we got, Mike? All right. To paraphrase those of Cajun persuasion, les élèves, Channing Tatum, roulez. In what has to be a surprise to everyone but Magic Mike, Tatum has reportedly dropped out of the Fox X-Men spinoff titled Gambit as of July 28th. He's just dropped what? out. Oh, there's wow. more here. Uh, Tatum splattered the internet for more than a year with his pleas to play the silver tongue mutant with an ability to explosively release the store kinetic energy of inanimate objects. Now, oddly enough, it seems that the movie's production continues without its star. Now, then there was an update as I was writing more news last night. So now this came out on July 28th. As of August 1st, Tatum is once again attached to the film <laughs> as its lead. Oh. Evidently, negotiations hit a sensitive spot, mostly about how the character will be treated as an anchor character to the X-Men franchise, kind of like Wolverine. Also, back-end conversation was a point of dispute. So this is about money and future movies, basically, it sounded like. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Fox still fucking it up, though. That's, uh. I put it all on Fox. <laughs> I put it all on, what, what can you do? What can you do? Think about the news you just said. Two of the big pieces of news you said were big Fox Fox. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That's just the way I feel about it. Fox Universals. <laughs> F you. <laughs> what else you got, Mike? Well, this year sucks. Whoa, if, you, whoa, whoa. if you're famous and listening to this podcast, I have bad news. You're probably about to die. <laughs> now, quick, someone get the Kardashians to join our podcast. <laughs> now, it seems like every other quick news segment is filled with another somebody that is now just somebody. Oh, yeah. So that like, we have, for instance, I'm just going to do a quick rundown of what we've lost so far in 2015. We have James Best, who was Dukes of Hazard's Roscoe P. Coltrane. He died from complications of pneumonia at the age of 88. Percy Sledge, he was a singer. When a man loves a woman. Oh, he died? Yeah. Wow. Cancer at 73. Oh, my God. Rod Taylor, actor from Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, for all of our classy hoes at home. Uh, he died of unknown causes at 84. Wait, is that the movie about the birds? Yeah. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. You've seen it. Good, uh, <laughs> good. good detective skills there. Stuart Scott, ESPN anchor. He died of cancer at 49. <laughs> that one hit me hard, yeah. Taylor Negron, um, the actor from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He died of cancer at 57. Leslie Gore, singer of It's My Party and I Cry If I Want To. She should have cried more because she died of cancer at oh. 68. Oh uh, Lorena Rojas, uh, an actress of Mexican telenovela star. She died of cancer at 44. Right. Leonard Nimoy, um, Star Trek's Mr. Spock, uh, end stage chronic obstructive pulmonary disease at 83. Sam Simon, The Simpsons co-creator. He died of colon cancer at 59. Grace Lee Whitney. Um, she was the actress that was Star Trek's yeoman Janice Rand. She died of natural causes at 85. Wow. Patrick McNee, the actor from The Avengers. John Steed. Uh, he died of unknown causes at 93. Dusty Rhodes, WWE wrestler. Unknown causes at 69. Christopher Lee, uh, actor from Star Wars. Uh, Count Dooku, Lord of the Rings, Saruman. His heart failure at 93. Christine Cavanaugh, who's the voice of Dexter, Gosselin Mallard, and Chucky Finster, among others. She died of unknown causes at 51. 
Uh, Sawyer Sweeten, who's an actor from Everybody Loves Raymond's, uh, he was Jeffrey Barone. He died of suicide at 19. Yeah. Bobby Christina Brown, daughter of Whitney Houston, unknown causes at 22. And now, WWE legend Roderick George Toombs, a.k.a. Rowdy Roddy Piper, died in his sleep on Thursday, July 30th, due to cardiac arrest. His body was discovered on Friday, July 31st. Piper's career was launched in the 1980s. He even wrestled in WrestleMania 1 from 1985. Uh, Piper had won an eight-year battle with Hodgkin's lymphoma and is said to have been cancer-free at the time of his death. He was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2005 as, and is one of the top 50 villains in WWE history. Yep. Piper's death was a shock to everyone as he was just interviewed on July 24th regarding Hulk Hogan's scandal and he seemed to be in good health. Roddy Roddy Piper was 61. Piper was an amazing, wow. amazing voice um, when, you talk about, when you talk about villains. When you talk about writing villains... Um, intelligently and correctly and snarkly he he was just perfect he knew he understood the business of being a villain he knows how to rile up a crowd i mean i remember one gimmick he had where he was fighting somebody who happened to be african-american and he painted half his face black (laughs) and he meant for it to be like braveheart but it came off looking like half black face but he did that on purpose right because he knows how to get a crowd angry he knows what to do. And he wasn't like Morton Downey Jr. Wow, that's a name from a long time ago. Yeah, I'm too old to know that name. I'm too young to know that name. Morton Downey Jr. was, was, was a, talk, a shock talk show host who would like on purposely just be a dick to all, all the people on the show. Roddy pick, picked and chose how to be a villain. And he was just fantastic at his job. And one thing I know that for sure he loved his kids. He, um, like in his later years, he would talk about he's proud of his kids that, you know, he went into wrestling and he's glad that his son is fighting but doing like professional like mma fighting and his daughter's like going to going to school for a master's in psychology so he's okay. so he's very proud of his kids he was a fantastic person just sorry to hear that, he, that he's gone now yeah very surprising but anyhow that is all my quick news that is all your quick news yep. and it's funny because i was going to mention as part of the addition of the quick news i was going to mention piper but i was going to say you should mention the death of hogan's career is another death oh <laughs> uh, well that's just so out there i, I thought about mentioning it. i was like yeah i mean I, I mean i have two different generations of gentlemen with me how did you feel about hearing Hogan's comments and um, the fact that Hogan said them a couple of weeks ago? I'll let you know once I hear them. Oh, you haven't heard it? No. no. Oh, okay. he, he doesn't follow the wrestling stuff. Okay. Um, What's wrestling? Mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Greco-Roman Greek wrestling? It's what you do with your conscience. Uh, <laughs> I don't wrestle with my conscience. I just shoot it. Ah, okay. there you go. <laughs> now, um, the thing is, I mean, yes, it's, it's horrible. Uh, his, his constant use of the word nigger and, and a conversation he had with his daughter about uh, his feelings. Um, I mean, yes. I mean, is it offensive? Of course it is. But at the same time, and this is actually a point that uh, Piper had made in his interview. It's just like it was in his own home. You know, I mean, this wasn't like he it wasn't he wasn't being interviewed. You know, the fact that he's being recorded. It's just like, well, would we really want to have everything that we say in the privacy of our own home with our friends recorded? I mean, and especially out of context, it's going to sound bad. Yeah. And, you do know? You, and do you think this is kind of like Donald Sterling? I have no the, idea who that is. The, the owner of the Clippers, who was also recorded, oh. to to make um, um, wish, um, racist comments against against people on his against the team that he owned. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's all it, you know, it's all horrible. Um, it's it's really just the will of the people by this point. I mean, you know, it's with Hulk Hogan. I mean, it's you know all this stuff. I mean, there, a lot of times there are clauses, for instance, where you know, well, if if something is improper, da 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 da, they can drop you, and you know, yeah. it's just so much that's out there. Again, I'm not saying that uh, that being recorded at your home is an excuse still for saying horrible things. Um, it's just, you know, 
it's a different world now. Yeah. That's, that's the most you can really say. Is it's just a different world. You should really think about what you're saying. And, and not just think about what you're saying because you might be recorded, but really, you should just kind of think about what are you saying? Like, what kind of person are you? Yeah. You know, I mean, is this really who you are? I mean, you know, the, I've heard people just say like, well, you know, you know, uh, you know, I've said horrible things, you know, in the heat of the moment. And, and I said to someone else, and I'm not trying to sound, you know, like Mr. Goody Two Shoe or, or, yeah. or really pious. It's just that I don't think in racist terms. Now, I mean, you know, we make our jokes here and, you know, with friends, we make jokes. And with me, it is jokes. But there is at no point when I'm mad at anybody that I have ever been mad at them and thought something as a racial slur in my anger at them. No, I agree. Because, okay. because that's the whole point is it's not part of who I am. It's not part of my natural personality so that when people use that as an excuse of saying that, well, I said that in the heat of anger, I'm like, yeah, but that's kind of like saying when you said it when you were drunk. That's right. still you. Yeah. <laughs> that still means that it's in you. It's something that, that um, I had an old friend tell me this saying, and I just carry it on to this day. Like you say, here on the show, we joke around. We, we, we have a lot of off-color jokes, so to speak. But, um, you know, in the heat of the moment and when you're arguing with somebody, I think you really have to treat words like bullets because once you let them out your mouth, you can't take it back. And no, the exactly. consequences are things you got to deal with for years to come. Yep. It's just one of those things that are hard. So, yeah. So, I mean, uh, um, rest in peace, Bobby Piper. And so long, Hoko's career. Yeah. <laughs> WWE was quick to take him off the site. <laughs> like, like, I, I think the, the news broke Thursday night, Friday. Everything was gone. Everything of Hogan. His, his, um, all his dates that he was going to be on, on Monday Night Raw. Everything. Gone. His image is gone. Yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. The links <laughs> the links to just about everything to him is gone. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. One more thing before I ask Ralph about the quick news. Um, did anybody catch um about the Fox News um article um chastising action comics? Mm, no, not not from that description anyhow. Why what's going well, on? Well basically um it was Fox News talking about um the action comics forty two where if, if for anybody who doesn't know, Superman now has been depowered. Right. So now Superman is kind of like a regular guy now. He's kind of super strong, but not as super strong as we know. Like he's maybe like Captain America strong. Okay. And he's not invulnerable. He's able, you know, he can get he can get cut. He can get hurt. Um, I'm gonna knife that ass. And supposedly th- there was a thing. Wow. <laughs> and then suppo- <laughs> supposedly th- they're mad because they're saying that the the issue is Superman fighting cops, and they say they're trying to um, they're trying to like take advantage of the whole Ferguson situation. Oh, I mean, I'd have to to see it. I would have to actually see the issue, uh, but I hadn't heard about it actually. Yeah, it's, um, Action Comics forty two. It. I mean, Superman supposedly. I think he goes back to his old town where he grew up, and and there's a big mob that shows up because they want to celebrate Superman being there. Um, cops show up to try to break things up. Things get out of control, and then Superman starts fighting the cops. Yeah, that just sounds stupid. Yeah, well, <laughs> well I, like I said, well, once again, I didn't read it, so um, I might not be doing it justice, but. Yeah, um, you're probably not. I'm probably not. I'm, <laughs> but, but see, I, 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 I can admit that. But I uh, think you probably, I mean, you could have it right. I mean, DC is quite out there. <laughs> DC is definitely quite out there. All right. All right. So, Ralph, do you have any quick news? Yes. I have. Oh, man. He said that confidently. You heard that right? Yes. Yes, yes, I did. Go ahead. For all you Whovians out there. Oh, boy. Who? Exactly. Ah. Yeah, who? Who's, who's the word? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's sarcastically, not, not like. Actually, champion. the bird's the word. So, for all you Whovians out there, on September 15th and 16th, there will be a release of the final two episodes of Doctor Who, Dark Water and Death in Heaven, be released in cinemas in 3D. Oh, you know, when you mentioned this before the podcast and you were talking about this, I thought you meant the last two episodes of the new Doctor Who season. So, it's the last two episodes of the last Doctor Who season. Yeah. 
I thought you meant the new Doctor Who coming no, 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 up. No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, no. Oh, wow. But they are going to have like a, a special like uh, prequel scene of the upcoming season. Oh, cool. In, in the, if you go to watch it. So. But does but do those two really need 3D treatment? I'm trying to remember the... I mean, I remember I mean, them there was mostly, a, but there I mean... There was a lot of Cybermen like flying around. Yeah. And, like, especially... And, then the, and I love Doctor Who, but even I'm like... The, eh. the scene of the city of... I'm just like, man. In heaven. Yeah. That was pretty good. Did you even watch those, man? He did not watch that. Exactly. So you have no idea what we talk about. Well, if Mike doesn't like it, that's a show. <laughs> that's something. Well, it just sounds, I mean, you know, like I said, I love Doctor Who, but I mean, that just feels a little bit like we want to make some money. Pretty much. <laughs> they want to hype it up. That's why I said, like, I thought it was just going to be the last two episodes of the new season coming up. That's why I was like, oh, okay. You know, I mean, still it's going to be making money, but, you know, to go back to your old ones, I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's like a... a <laughs> a big cinema event in 3D. Right, okay. Are they going to do you, uh, did the uh, information that you got? Does it say if they're showing them simultaneously? Yeah, yeah. It's back one back. Oh, okay, one. okay. Nice. Yeah, they're, I, they're I guess make, that doesn't make it's not like there are only one hour, so yeah, it's so going to be like you know making it into a movie. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. You know when you're staring into space waiting for your turn because you don't like the conversation that's going on. Oh, that's kind of what I'm doing. <laughs> I was just doing it right now. Wow. <laughs> I do that when, when both of you talk. Shit so it. <laughs> now you know how I feel. All right, all right. Let's now let's get the show rolling. And let's go to our first big segment with a review of the new DC animated movie, Justice League. God, God versus monsters. God and monsters. <laughs> Are you, come on, man. How many wow, times? Jesus. Sorry, did, did you I, actually I, watch I, it? I, you know what's funny? And it's funny. We're going to talk about this when we talk about the movie. I thought it was going to be a different kind of a movie. I uh-huh. thought it was actually going to be something different than what they actually gave us. So with the synopsis of the movie that I thought it was, or the movie that it wasn't, is MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. I see we had the continuation of that long segue from earlier. Wow. <laughs> Can we do it again? Can we change that in post? I'm kidding. <laughs> Probably like, really? You want to change that? No post for you. Uh, no post for me. Alrighty. Justice League Gods and Monsters is the 24th direct-to-video animated superhero film from Warner Brothers' DC Universe animated original movies since 2007. The film was written by Alan Burnett and Bruce Timm and directed by Sam Liu. At 72 minutes, Justice League Gods and Monsters ties with Justice League The Flashpoint Paradox as the third shortest film from DC Universe animated original movies. Batman Year One was at 64 minutes and Superman Batman Public Enemies was at 67 minutes. Uh, The movie was released on July 21st as a digital download and released on DVD and Blu-ray on July 28th. Now for a synopsis. In an alternate DC universe where stories are evidently written better than in the regular DC universe, <laughs> super illegal alien Hernan Guerra, <laughs> bat glampire Dr. Kurt Langston, and wonder runaway bride Becca of the New Gods are the analog versions of Earth-1, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman that have banded together, for some unknown reason, to become the Justice League. Now, this league uses brutal and often deadly force in stopping the bad guys, but no one really cares until a bunch of scientists are found dead by means that mimic the team's normal methods of viciously slaughtering people. With the loss of such genius and the fear that there will not be an iPhone 7, President Amanda (laughs) Waller decides to destroy the league. Although although the story suffers from uneven pacing, the fresh take on established heroes does not lose its footing. And it is is the only animated film this year that dares ask the question, if you inseminate a woman's egg outside her body without her permission by touching a machine, is it wrong? <laughs> right, so we have it uh, starring Benjamin Bratt as Hernan Guerra, a.k.a. Superman, Michael C. Hall as Kirk Langstrom, a.k.a. Batman, Tamara Taylor as Becca, a.k.a. Wonder Woman, C. Thomas Howell as Doc Will Magnus, Jason Isaac as Lex Luthor and as Metron, Paget Brewster as Lois Lane, Bruce Thomas as General Zod, and Penny Johnson Gerald as President Amanda Waller. All right, well done. And before we open our big mouths, can you please press the um, 
our little spoiler package. Warning. This segment may contain spoilers, so leave Ralph alone. I probably won't be the only one spoiling stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll see. Because you, you, if we told you t- in mid-sentence for you to not spoil something, you would not act. Probably not. Yeah, yes. probably not. All That's right. correct. All right, so let's go for it. Justice League, Gods and Monsters. Um, I'll start with an old question. What was something you liked? I liked a lot of the stuff that I saw, but I was very surprised the movie that I got. Oh, okay. Um, I, I mean, I, there were several things I liked. I, I, well, one was I liked that they did not fall into the... Uh, the Superman story didn't fall into the trap of you're your father's son, so therefore you'll be just like him. Um, although it did, unfortunately, address that, which I was angry that they even had to address it. But, um, you know, um, there's a reason for that, which we'll get around to anyhow. But I thought that was interesting that they didn't go and fall into that stereotypical uh, trap. Okay. Well, I actually liked uh, the the... The Superman character. I thought he was more real than the actual Superman that we, we know and love. You know? yeah. right. Unfortunately, though, that's because he was more aggressive and grim, which is a sad thing that we have to say. But, I mean, that it, it at least gave him personality. And the fact, I mean, they didn't touch too much about his upbringing. But they say that he was, he says that he was raised by migrant, Ill- huh? uh, mig- illegal migrant immigrants. Uh, and he was raised in a po- in poverty, pretty much. Not like on a farm, like 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 uh, Clark Kent, but actual like seeing how people suffer in right. the world. Well, I mean, they, yeah, because I was I looked at the thing and it said that uh, you know he was raised by Mexican migrant farmers, um, and that part of like his his I guess anger, if you want to say, is that having to go through troubles that non paper people have in the United States, and that's make that's what makes him short tempered and withdrawn from hum- humanity. And I'm like, that's all great, but but. Well, I mean, the thing is that, like, that's just kind of stated. And then, like, you know, if that's the case, you need to show me this. Right. You know. There was, um, before the movie came out, they had, like, three shorter mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah. And one of them was with uh, Superman having to stop this, like, doomsday device that they activated uh, without realizing that they did. Right. And when he breaks into the field, it's a baby brainiac. Mm-hmm. Right. And he actually—it it reminded me of the episode with um, with Ace, with Ace and yeah. Batman in, uh, in Justice yeah. League. Yeah, yeah, I, I did feel a little bit like that, which for me took away from it a little bit because that is just such an excellent scene with Batman and Ace, um, yeah. and that that one with Superman and the Baby Brainiac well, didn't he, quite capture he, it. Yeah, because he kills; he has to kill Brainiac. Spoilers. <laughs> well, that's not in the movie. That's like I know it's in the short. In the short that came out with, cause I know that I saw the short with Batman and Harlequin. Yeah, yeah. Which, um, was, which was just which. But it's funny because I guess I thought we were getting Bruce Wayne, Clark Kent, yeah. and, and Diana Prince, and to get these three threw me off for a bit. But I liked it. I, I yeah. really, I really liked it. It was very refreshing to say, okay, if we're gonna have three of these characters in an alternate universe, they're gonna be three separate yeah. people. Right. And I like that. Well, I mean, I, I kept again fears that I had. Not you know, this does not occur in the movie. Um, I kept waiting for the regular Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman to show up, beat their right. asses, teach them that this is the wrong way, and that they have to be good people. Blah blah blah. You know, and we didn't get that. And I was like, oh, this is actually just their movie. Yeah. From yeah. the beginning, like you, you know that Clark Kent isn't gonna exist. Right. Because the moment that the, the shuttle leaves Krypton, they say, you know, there's... Well, no he problem. only reads Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but, like, um, Diana Prince and Bruce Wayne, they have to exist, right? It's like... Well, Becca is just Becca. I mean, you know... Well, yeah. no, no, that's what I'm saying. But, like, even though Becca is from... Uh, uh, Apocalypse. Apocalypse, right? right? Uh, well, actually, she's... Yeah, she's from Apocalypse. Well, she's, she's not she's from Apocalypse. She's from... from uh, Orion. She's not... Orion is the... Orion her husband. the guy that she... Yeah, but she's Orion, from, Orion is from Apocalypse. Right, right, but um, what's the other from country? the other planet? Yeah, what is their planet called? Is it new? It's not New Earth. It's 
I feel like I can't remember. remember. Yeah, I can't think of what it's called. Because it, it I wasn't familiar with the Becker character. I had to look back into yeah. um, DC Lewis to figure out who you And I'm not. Conf- and Kirk Langston. It took me Man-bat. a while. Man-bat, yeah. 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 It, it took me a while to figure out who he was also. I'm like. Oh, I I just know Kirk Langston. I mean, I, I just know him. Thing, Kirk, yeah. Kirk, Kirk, and I didn't hear the whole name. Then I, oh, then I looked back yeah. and I was like, oh, that's who it is. Yeah. Pretty clever. Pretty yeah. clever, DC. But what were you going into, Ralph? Um, but like uh, Diana and Bruce Wayne, they should they should still exist. Well, I mean, again, they're not saying universe. it's a parallel universe. They're just saying it's an alternate universe. So I mean, they don't have to, yeah. you know. But I think it would have been cool if like they, if you see like uh, a Bruce with his parents or something. That that's the reason why he didn't become Batman in that but, one. But see, I'm again. That then would not have made this really these characters movie. You know what I mean? Like no, no, but like a little cameo. No, no, but know? I'm saying, but like this, this established that this is their movie. Period. Yeah. There is no one else. This is like you know there is no Clark Kent, Bruce Wayne, or Diana Prince. And if they are, they're unimportant. You know. It's like and having, I kind of like that. It's like having a, and I don't mean to bring sports into it, but it's like having a baseball team like the New York Yankees, and you have Derek Jeter as the focal point of your team for the past twenty years. So now you move on from from Jeter now that he's retired. But and you have a short cameo of Jeter, or you show the number two every now and again. Like, no, no, no. This is a new team. This yeah. is all a brand new team. Let's move forward. Yeah. So because also, I mean, I think I, I know what you're trying to say, and I, and I get what you're saying there, Ralph. But like, see, to me, if they did do things like, um, I don't even know, like what are they going to show me that Clark's uh, spaceship diverted? It never made it here. Uh, like you said, like maybe Bruce's parents are alive or whatever. I mean, my thing is though is that. Then it sets up that if these events occur, then everything must always happen. In other words, it, it's kind of like predestined. So yeah. why couldn't Bruce Wayne's parents still be dead? He just never became Batman. Like, how many people with dead parents become Batman? Um, <laughs> you know? The planet's name is New Genesis. New Genesis. New I knew it was new something. Job. I knew good it was job. new something. Yeah, but, but yeah, but I mean, I was very happy that these were all new people. Um, I did not like Wonder Woman's costume, oddly enough. I just thought it was, it was just weird. Um, that sword was sick. The sword though. was great. Oh, but... Uh, but um, but I was happy that they were all new people uh, and that we got a touch of their backstories. I, I thought that Superman and Batman's were a little bit ho-hum. I mean, they weren't bad. I just thought they were ho-hum. I liked Wonder Woman's because it, it felt like she, out of all of them, actually had a purpose. Like right. everybody else, like you figure Kirk Langstrom was experimenting with something to kill some kind of lymphoma or cancer or something like that. Right, yeah. You know, gave you know, took the injection, cursed himself with a vampire-like ability. Um, so, you know, his was circumstance and it doesn't really explain why you become a superhero. Superman is the same way. I mean, he could have just been like, for instance, he could have just improved Mexico's well-being yeah. <laughs> instead of becoming a superhero. Like, like, it doesn't show that he went back and like gave them better water and, you know, tilled the land, you know. So we don't know why he became a superhero. But like Wonder Woman, you know that like, you know, the fact that she was involved with the betrayal with her father, like, you know, killing Darkseid and stuff like that yeah. and killing everybody, in fact, of the entire party, that she felt like she had to have redemption. And that... I liked because she had a purpose. Yeah, you, you know, know like, uh, when I saw that scene, I felt like they were watching too much Game of Thrones. <laughs> Probably, it, it, it did have that feel. Yeah, now that I watch, now that I watch Game of Thrones, now I'm like, oh, absolutely. It's like you can take the Red Wedding and put it side by okay, side. Okay, I don't know about the Red Wedding with that scene. No oh, when you when you watch that, then then, then we'll talk about it. Yeah, because awesome. right, cool. then you'll be like, oh, I get it now. I, I have a feeling already because yeah. people have already talked about it. But yeah. one thing I will say is that, excuse me, that it it I mean. Even with as much backstory as they did give, it was just really nice to see different people playing these characters. Yeah. And, and usually, I like what you said. I actually like when the other characters come in to show the the the, the difference between what we have and that stuff. But you're right; it's standing on its own. 
it looked real. It was it was really really good. Like you were in this world. There was no other world to go to. This right. is the world you were in. Well, also what I like about not seeing not uh, not to harp on that point, but like not seeing the other people is that it's 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 very much like you know this they're 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 not substitute Superman, Batman, or Wonder Woman. They are Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. In other words, there was never a chance for Bruce to become Batman. Yeah. You know, Diana Prince. I mean, maybe there's not even a race of Amazons. You know, who knows? You know, it's it's just a whole other world. I also thought it was cool that the uh, uh, some of uh, a lot of the scientists were actually uh, oh, superheroes yes. and also never that. Well, heroes and just other people. Yeah, yeah you know, the Freeze and, and some of the other guys. That was a little bit of my dislike. I, I thought they went. Uh, by the time we got to that, I was like, all right, you guys just need to kind of stop with the. Like my, my final straw for like them trying to give you taste of the old world was Project Fair Play. Just the fact that it was named Fair Play, um, you know, leading back to, um, uh, what's the guy's name? Um, uh, Mr. Terrific. Because okay. that's what he has, Fair Play, is, that's his oh, thing. That's yeah, right. so that was the final straw with their attempt to show the parallel references to Earth when I was like, all right, just stop. You know, <laughs> the fact that Victor Freeze was a scientist in the Antarctica. In, in, in Antarctica. I'm like, all right, just, that, we opened with that and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna let you go. <laughs> you know when you watch movies and you know and you have friends and you just kind of like, yeah, this person's gonna say something about that. When that came up, I was like, oh, here you go, Mike. <laughs> Mr. Was, Free and Mr. Freeze in the Antarctic. Yeah, was all oh, it was Ray Palmer. Ray Palmer was the one shrinking things because yeah. he's the Adam. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm just like, okay, <laughs> you know. Um, but again, like that doesn't. It wasn't enough that it really bothered me. It was just one of those things that I was like, all right, guys, that's enough reference. Who was um, the other guy that was helping Superman? Uh, helping him. Oh, that was the father of Cyborg. Right. Yeah. Oh, are you talking yeah, about yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Silas? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sil- Silas Stone. Stone. Yeah, and Vic Stone. Right. Well, they were both killed. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. So, yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. All the scientists are killed. I thought I made that clear in the beginning of my synopsis. <laughs> hey, just wanted, to, <laughs> just wanted to throw that out there. Spoilers. <laughs> um, what now, about that ending? That. Well, when it turns out who the villain is. Well, let's get to that when we get to the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, oh, I was just about to say, like, the action scenes, I mean, I mean, I liked them, but I just thought they were just kind of like decent to standard. Like I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't wowed by any action scene. It just felt like a Justice League Unlimited or just, I mean, which is not a bad thing. It just, I didn't find an improvement on anything. Well, there like was Justice, more blood than Justice League Unlimited. Oh, Justice yeah. League Unlimited with blood, which for me, I've seen other things they've done before. And if you're going to do blood, I think you could have gone to some of the other cartoons you've done and used those sequences because it's about framing and the shot. There's a way of making you know things look bloody. And you have to show the gore, right? But, but showing the angle of how, for example, how a door falls on three right. people, and, and how the blood squirts from there, or how somebody gets shot in the head. And you don't have to show the head exploding, but there's ways right. of doing it. I feel like they didn't do it as well as well, they've done in the past. But also, I mean, that's the thing too. I mean, at least for me, I, an action scene. In other words, if if my action scene is somebody gets knocked through a wall, and the other action scene is the exact same scene, someone gets knocked through the wall, but then there's blood on the opposite wall. It doesn't make the action scene any more interesting. I mean, it's the right. same action, and so that's my problem. It had nothing to do with the blood, one way or the other. I just thought the action scenes. It wasn't like you know they did some incredible choreography, or I guess do so called choreography when it's animated. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, great choreography. Yeah. You know that you were just like, holy cow, these these were intense, or you know, like I said, they were fine. They were very standard justice league. I felt anyhow, and, and which is not a bad thing. I just you know you kind of hope that with a movie you're going to get a little bit of something something more. Get a little you know? more, right? Yeah, and they didn't. And the same thing with the animation itself. The animation was very much Justice League, and again, yeah. love it. But you know, it wasn't any more. It didn't give me more of a three D ish. It didn't give me more of a anything. I, you know. I like that fact because like when they, they if they go too much into three D, then they they reach the uncanny valley where it's like yeah, 
you don't want that. Oh yeah, and, and again, that, yeah. and I mentioned three D only as a point, but I mean, what I meant is like they didn't try any like other art challenge. Yeah. They didn't, you know, reach out. They just went, let's go standard, which is better than some of the other art that they've used in the past. So I'll take standard. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Superman Doomsday. That oh, was, <laughs> Superman Doomsday was just horrible, and and. and it's oh, funny because God, at some point I thought they were gonna. It started to look like Superman Doomsday because of the way Superman looked. Yeah, because the the narrowness of, of his face and, and the lines in his, you know, around his nose. So I was like, uh oh, is this gonna get worse? But it stayed where it was. So I was, I was okay. So our yeah. ride, I definitely was fine. Um, I mean, I definitely liked Superman with the goatee. It was kind of cool. It was kind of badass. Well, the, the only thing I didn't like about that was, is again, as much as I said, they pointed out that you know it was nice that they didn't fall down too well because Zod is your dad. You know, you're, you have to be, you know, like right. I'm like, did you have to make him look just like Zod? Really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the genes are strong enough. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Whose father? Are, nope. Never mind. I know. <laughs> I'm going to the origins real quick. When they showed Superman's origins with Zod and all that stuff. Did you feel like it was, it, it felt like Man of Steel, but just done animated and better? Um, well, because, you know, the same, I mean, it's the same story about, right. um, you know, sending Superman off, you know, to, 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 to safely to another to another planet. But the the Man of Steel take has always been there was a fight between Jura, um, right. yeah, Jurel and, and um, Zod yeah. to send this ship out. Yeah, I mean, it so was. I mean, very much. Of, I mean, definitely, very much. You know, they did take from that, which it itself I think was taken from another comic at some yeah. point, probably. You know, my question is, you know, they the baby isn't naturally born. It's he's uh, sort of artificially created with the right. two DNAs. Why didn't they make more than one? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Superman's mom was old. She only produced one egg. That was it. Okay. I guess it, <laughs> I could buy that. Very possible. I mean, you know, it was just, I mean, that scene, that's why I said to I me, mean, again, it's not a bad scene. It's just, it was ho-hum. It was just so like, it was really, it, it felt more like we need to move this plot point, you know, so we don't want, I mean, for once, and I do say for once in the recent years, DC didn't have Zod rape somebody you know <laughs> like because that seems to be dc's go-to is either rape or date rape um of late but um so i was happy about that but then it still was like that's why i even kind of made fun of it in my synopsis it was still kind of like a rape it's like i mean i'm like because <laughs> yeah. technically because i mean i think even like in the legal base like in t- in this real world like if i inseminated somebody's egg outside of their body but didn't have their permission i think it's still considered some kind of a rape or something like that Wow. It's kind of weird, <laughs> you know, because I mean, you don't I have permission. You know. get to the yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it is cool. Think about it, you know. So, um, so it was a little bit weird. Pages later. But, 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 yeah, I just thought that was kind of weird. But I, I felt like it was like a little bit lame just to get us a different Superman, you know. Right. Um, but again, it was still okay. Um, just like I said, like Kirk Langstrom. You know, oh, I'm a victim. Because he was, he did the same man bat thing. I'm a victim of my own science yeah. again. You know, I'm like, you don't learn on any universe, do you? It sounds like out of the three, it sounds like Mike, you liked Wonder Woman the best. I did. I just thought like hers was, it was different. Like first of all, it wasn't a play off of any mythos of Wonder Woman. Right. So it was fresh. I mean, I'm not saying the idea was fresh, but as far as you know, if you're not a Game of Thrones person or, or any of that kind of conspiracy or, or old royal families get together kind of a thing. It was at least fresh for the mythos, you know. It wasn't like a, some tired thing that they've done again and again. So, and that I liked it. And like I said, the fact that she had a purpose uh, to try and redeem herself for you know being involved in that destruction of their family and the person that she loved. Right. You know. And by the way, Dark Side went down like a bitch. That's what I was like. <laughs> you can give him much of a fight. Oh. <laughs> 
Wait, he just fell next to to Robin from Injustice, and his neck snapped. That's why. <laughs> he was the the light dark side. The light dark side, or, or dark side light. Dark side light. Yeah. He was the light amber. Wow, <laughs> who? Well, that was the first one. Okay. Um, Ralph, who was your for you? Who was the most interesting Justice Leaguer out of the three? I told you it was Superman. It was the Superman for you. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it was. He was more real. I'm telling you, like he he felt more real to me, like more relatable than actual Clark Kent. I don't know why. I can see. It. I mean, I can see. It Maybe bit. it was the goatee. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of like Batman. I kind of like Kirk Langs- uh, Langstrom because I've seen so many different versions of Batman where it's been either a Robin or Batman's father, or you know, or a different version of Bruce Wayne. Right. And then they go totally off and then say, "Okay, we're gonna make it Man Bat." You know what? What it reminds me of? Yeah, this reminded me of if. When Stanley did the Stanley presents right. for DC, that's what it kind of felt like. It okay. felt like he took the three characters and they were just totally reimagined by somebody else. Right. Like when when Stanley did it, not a lot of people liked it, but it was it was very it was very interesting. Yeah. So to, to watch three these three versions, it was definitely very fresh. Yeah. Um. What about Lex Luthor's um involvement in this? Did, were you surprised with where they went? You mean Stephen Hawking Luther? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> well, later on, it becomes Stephen Hawking Luther, but. Were you surprised with um, how he was involved in this whole um, in this well, whole adventure? That one to me felt standard. Yeah, it, it felt very Earth three. Yeah, you know, like oh, you know, Lex is always a bad guy, so now he's not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's always been suspicious of Superman. Always like right. suspicious and in a sense jealous too of the fact of the power that he wields, and yeah. always like saying that he does what he does in order to protect the human race from Superman. Right. And meanwhile, not talking about his own agenda that he has going yeah. on. Right. Quick question before we continue. Has there ever been a storyline, and I'm asking this more to Mike than Ralph, because I'm not sure Ralph will know, but if you know, please let me know. Has there ever been a storyline where they've had Lex Luthor blame Superman for his baldness? Yeah, that's but the no, original no. origin of Lex Luthor. No, 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 but I'm talking about due to kryptonite poisoning, not not because of a, an explosion. I know they've done the explosion. Well, if you, I mean, we won't say poisoning, but that's Smallville. Is that's you know, oh, so yeah, yeah he lost Smallville. all of it. Well, that was the very first episode. Yeah, um, yeah <laughs> he, he loses all of his hair in the field during the meteorite, meteorite shower. shower. Uh-huh. And I'm not, and I doubt that that's probably. I would imagine that's also something from comics as well. I mean, maybe not that exact scene, but it wouldn't surprise me um, about the kryptonite poisoning. But yeah, I mean, but it is Superboy that originally is the reason that Lex Luthor lost his hair. And because I remember that know. in the in the original um, Super Friends, they they did something about the, the oh okay yeah, they did a, a a Superman origin story right and they showed Lex Luthor so they've done they've done that before. But I was just wondering if they ever used kryptonite poisoning. I was like, wow, that's that's a perfect end. They've never used it, but like if they have. Yeah, well, I've heard that in uh, Batman v Superman that actually what it is is that uh, Lex gets a weave done from Superman. He does a lot of braiding <laughs> and it rips out his hair, and that's the anger and animosity there. <laughs> oh my god! Everybody just dogs that wig that he's wearing. It's a wig, wig, it's a horrible wig too. <laughs> yes, I, it is. I mean, even Diana Ross was like, "I'm not wearing that." <laughs> wow, that's unbelievable. <laughs> And I don't get a, a freaking boomch for that. <laughs> hey, halfway. It's okay. Halfway's better than nothing. Kind of like Saturday nights. Okay. <laughs> um, which I think who else was in? I mean, there's. What about the twist? How did you guys feel about the twist? Because we thought. We, like you kind of hinted about. We kind of felt like Lex might be the villain. Right. And then we have. An, then we find out who else. Uh, who. Who actually is the villain? Right. Were you happy with the twist? You know that he turns out to be a psychopath. I was like, huh. 
Yeah, the the writing that the writing of the the insanity I thought was lazy and uninspired. Yeah. Like it just was just like really. <laughs> well, that, that part was a little bit. I'm crazy. <laughs> that's the truth. He's like, I mean, all this time you haven't shown any like like hints of you being crazy, and like, now you show them. I mean, you saw his jealousy, which was fine, and it was, I mean that was a simmer. Um, but then to just be like, oh, because I did this thing and someone accidentally dies, that sent like, me over the edge. You're like, really? How how long was it? Like two years? You said into the marriage. Uh, I don't remember. He said, yeah, he said or was it two weeks? No, it wasn't oh, weeks. Two, I mean, no, it was probably it was, years. it was probably two years or something oh, like that. Okay. But I'm, either way, you know, I was just like, man. I mean, it was just fine. It just it, it, that just kind of like I, like I said, it felt like they just needed to push the story along with uh, Zod making you know being Superman's dad. It just felt like this was, and we needed a villain, and we needed a villain for some reason. So here we go. <laughs> Do you think this movie suffered from Michael Bendisness? And that should be a term. I'm gonna, I'm gonna should be, but uh, in what Michael way? Bendis is meaning the that Bendis. Um, um, uh, Brian Michael Bendis um, has this has this. Um, way of writing comics where he front loads um, three quarters of the story with backstory and, and character development and then the, the equivalent of like the last two issues aka the last 15-20 minutes is all like let's get the rest of the story and the adventure in so yeah. we can finish up cleanly well, it was a bit of that yeah this one was more like it was it was some of that because he had backstory along the way of of the main story yeah but I feel like you had more I mean I feel like you had more backstory than your actual main story yeah, yeah. so when you got to like Okay, we finished describing everybody else how old they are. Okay, let's hurry up and, fin- and have yeah. this show down. But also, the backstory wasn't a complete like it wasn't enough actual backstory of the characters as much as it needed to be. Um, like we got way well, there's a reason, but I mean we got way too much Kurt Langstrom backstory. Yeah, like, yeah. way too much backstory on that. Um, so yeah, that's what I had said. Like even in the synopsis, I felt the pacing was uneven, and that was part of it because it definitely the end got more rushed it wasn't a complete like you know hurry up get out <laughs> you know but um it definitely you know it wasn't like the hook getting you off the stage but it was damn close it, it was definitely the music playing during that long academy award speech i'm still talking i'm still talking um it felt a little bit like that uh they, they should just pull a kanye and say no no that's not cool stop i'm still talking that's not cool <laughs> Well, considering how short these movies are, DC would have been like, all right, but we're just not giving you any more film. <laughs> <laughs> so it just ends. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still mad that DC does not invest in, a, in an hour and a half film, yeah. an uh, animated film. Um, yeah. they, every time it's a minute, it's, it's an hour 10. It's an hour. I told, you, I told you these are 72 minutes. It's yeah. hour and 12. I was shocked when I was doing the research on the, the length of time when I found out that Batman Year One was 64 minutes. That's an hour and four minutes. Yeah. Remember, that means you have to also take about what? Maybe a minute to two minutes off of each end for credits. Yep. So that means you really got a, a one hour show. And I'm like, really? Yep. <laughs> it's like two episodes of Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I, it, it's funny because sometimes, sometimes I like three. the stuff they do. Well, three, 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 true. Without commercials, yeah. 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 But, but it's, it just so disappoints me because I'm like, they could, do, they could add so much with that time. Oh, 100%. And, and they do this so way they won't have to rush into what, you know, the rest of the story. But I still enjoyed it, though. Yeah. They, I mean, there were parts where it was slow and we just talked about that, but. I, I still enjoy it more than some of the other things we've seen. Yeah. Also, I, one thing I also found, um, I, I, I hate the old, they just pull it out all the time. I hated the red, the red sun weapons. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. first of all, I don't understand it. Like, like you don't, we don't have a red sun. So for you to try and imagine what a red sun would be like, <laughs> like how do you just make energy that's well, like a red? I mean, because back in the old days, they would, I mean, it was right in the old, old days, it was basically them putting like a red lens 
in front of light. And yeah. you're like, so you're telling me he's just a vulnerable? He's just like, if you were at a stop sign and the light <laughs> bounced back off of it, Superman's going down for the count. <laughs> you know? Well, uh, they said that it was from the, the ship's logs because the ship had, uh, had um, all these had information from right. Krypton. So I ah, okay. they used that to base, the, they base their weapons off of that. Which, of course, which course begs the question, like, so they're based in having red sun technology. We don't have a red sun, and therefore whatever that radiation would be, we would also not have. To be able to manufacture it would be very interesting. <laughs> you know? hey. I mean, it was just one of those things, again, not a big plot point. It's nothing that's going to take away. It's just I'm just tired of that. It's just a very old, like, uh, here come the red sun weapons, you know, because it's just like, oh, because well, that's when they, they feel that they're trying to be unique versus kryptonite. Yeah. Right. You know, they always fall back on that one, you know. Um, now, uh, again, without the reveal of who and exactly what happened, the resolution for the villain, I, I personally felt it just seemed unnecessary. Like, it seemed out of place. It felt unnecessary. It just felt like we need to close. Yeah, yeah it did. Yeah, because there was no... It, considering that it's like you were going to go through this huge plan to change everyone on the planet... And it just didn't quite work out. And so you do what you do. I'm like, that's the conclusion to your story, really? Because he's a coward. <laughs> I he took the coward's way. He said, no. I suppose. It just, again, it felt like at that point, the hook had gotten on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> it was just the, like. The hook had been there and it was searching for him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to ask. Because you said, you're talking about the, re- the, 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 the resolution of the villain. What about the resolution of the, of the heroes once they figured out who's going to remain here on Earth? When they figure out they're gonna change their ways. Well, that was the other part too. Is I meant to ask out earlier. Out of nowhere. <laughs> well, I, well, but the funny part that got me, I'm like, are three people really considered a league? Like, <laughs> like first of all, I'm like, like aren't, yeah, aren't, aren't they just really like roommates? And I don't see any of them really kind of putting up money. The Justice <laughs> intramural program. <laughs> I'm like, like you know, like no one ever like you know says there's a league of twenty Mexicans in an apartment building. You know, like wow. <laughs> like it just doesn't seem to happen. Wow. Um, you know, so, so so that at the end of it, I'm like, so now there's two of you left. Are you still the Justice League? Or are you just... The Justice Duo? Just we're just two guys that live together as good friends. Stop asking. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, is that what you're called by that point? Oh we're just friends, I swear. The, the Just Friends Duo. <laughs> oh, my God. Just um, Friends do it. No, I did. I mean, I liked... Uh, you know, I mean, it's not too much of a spoiler, but I mean, I liked Wonder Woman's departure. Only, not so much because she's gone, but again... Because I like the fact that she, her story had purpose, she's going back to face that purpose. It wasn't just like, hey, I could just stay here and avoid, you know, all the shit that I'm partly responsible for happening. She's like, no, I'm only and it felt like again, she was like the only one that felt like actually did something, you know. Yeah. So I like that. Oh, but one other thing, too, because sure, um, I don't know if we're going to be wrapping this up pretty soon. Angered me again. I understand that they're they're trying to make these. I guess they're PG thirteen. I had read it somewhere else that oh, the uh, you took the, the words out of my mouth. The the you know that the DC universe animated original movies are definitely made much more for younger adults. I, I get that, but I, I it, God knows you listen to this podcast. You know we have no problem cursing. I'm not approved to that, but it's not so much just that it was, um, the cursing was in it. Once again, DC. The only real amount of cursing was directed at, well, to, about Lois Lane as she left. And once again, bitch. One, yeah. <laughs> and well, I was just well, like, what the, the hell? Victor Silas also, also cursed. Yes, I think he did. He yes, that's right. Right, right. Yeah, that's right. And that's, of Which course. I was like. And that's, you know, because Victor Silas is, um, 
Yeah. It was, it was, wait, wait, not Victor Silas. You mean Silas Stone. I mean, Victor, Victor Stone. Sorry. Victor Stone, right. Which, of course, sorry, now, Silas, just like in another, I forget which movie it was that reviewed, and it was like, once again, it's the black person that curses the worst curse. <laughs> so he said shit. Right. And it was the same thing in whatever that other movie was we reviewed, and I said it was, once again, the worst curse came from a black person, DC. Um, and then, once again, a woman referred to as bitch. DC. DC. And I, I, I'm like, I don't understand your agenda. I mean, I, I'm very clear what your agenda seems to be. I just don't understand why you seem to be push, promoting it. Yeah. You know? It's just, I mean, and I like this movie, but one thing that did bother me was like, okay, so you make Superman badass, but you wait for him to be raised by, 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 by Latinos to be able to make him a badass. Right. You know, I mean, aside, aside the fact that Zod's in his DNA. Yeah. Right, but that has nothing to do with it because you're not of right. your you, DNA. You, you know? know, you're not, yeah, exactly. So it just kind of threw me off. What are you thinking, Ralph? I'm thinking that Amanda Waller would have been a lot better if she was played by Miss Pounder. CCH Pounder? I love that oh, one. Oh, okay. okay. I was like, who? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oddly yeah. enough, this movie is filled with a lot of interesting people. Um, I had said that Penny Johnson Gerald played her. Um, you would recognize her face. She was D-Space Nine's uh, Cassidy Yates. Oh, I remember Cassidy Yeah, if you remember Cassidy Yates, she's also, anyone who watches Castle... Yeah, she's no. the black captain, Captain Gates. Yeah, she's the, so that's it was interesting, oh. you know. But there was a lot of interesting casting choices. Um, well, Michael C. Hall, Dexter, as we all know. Yeah. Um, well, the Benjamin Bratt. Yeah, I was very. I was, yeah, I for, was for those that may not Bratt. know him, that's Law and Order Detective Curtis, also from Catwoman, the movie. He was right. Tom Lone. Um, uh, Wonder Woman, Tamara Taylor. Her name, as much as I know her face, was unfamiliar to me. But when I saw her face, she's from Bones, the TV show Bones. She's Doctor Soroyan. Yeah, yeah, she's the yeah. black woman. There. I did. I did not know that name. I didn't recognize it. Um, C. Thomas Howell. I mean, he's been he's been around for years. But his biggest claim to fame is probably E.T.'s Tyler. He was Tyler in E.T. Oh. Not the kid, but he was the the one behind the kid. He was like yeah. the older kid. Um, you have uh, oh um, Jason Isaac that played Lex Luthor. Yeah. Anybody know that name? Jason, Jason Isaac. Jason Isaac. Sounds familiar. He is Harry Potter's Lucas Malfoy. He's Malfoy's father. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, it was just like a lot of like really. Weird things. Um, Paget Brewster is Lois Lane. It's funny. He almost he looks like him too. Yeah, you can kind of see a little bit in that one. Uh, um, Paget Brewster that played Lois Lane. That's uh, as far as voice goes. She was um, Bird Girl from Harvey Harvey Birdman Turning It Law. Oh. She was Bird Girl, <laughs> and she was also you saw if you watched if you're a big Friends person, which I'm not. She was Kathy, who I think dated two of the guys differently on the show. I think she was on a few times. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah no, you tell and me. Bru- yeah. and General Zod. I, I thought was kind of the funniest of all, just because he's just. You know him if you've seen the movies, but he's not anybody important. Uh, Bruce Thomas, he, if you ever saw the movie, um, either of the Legally Blonde movies, he was the UPS guy. <laughs> it was just like, how'd you get him? <laughs> this is like an interesting voice cast. Yeah, it was there. just like a really weird voice cast. Very weird. All right. But, uh, anything else before I go into ratings? Yep. All right. Ratings for Gods and Monsters, Justice League News movie. I'll go first. Um... I, as much as we just kind of pointed out a lot of its flaws, I actually really enjoyed it. Even though it took a while to move, it moved very slow in certain places. So I'm going to give it eight and a half Zod DNA samples out of ten. Ooh. Yes. That's quite sticky. Right. I, I really enjoyed this movie besides the, the few small things that I didn't like. So I will also give it eight Superman real OG with a goatee out of ten. <laughs> 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 if Superman, if Superman would have had that goatee in Superman three, it might have, it might have been a better movie. Yeah, it might. Have. No, no. <laughs> I, 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 I can say that. No, nothing would have helped that. 
Richard Pryor didn't even help that movie. Yeah, but Richard Pryor was at the end of his like I was at the end of his career, but it just felt like the end of his popularity. Yeah, yeah, probably so. Yeah. Oh, well, that would have ended it. <laughs> um, like I said, you know, I did enjoy the film all in all. I, I said mostly just because it was so fresh, and I was surprised at where they kind of went with it. I give it eight. I really wanted to see Dark Side do the chicken dance at the wedding out of ten. <laughs> oh god! Oh, it would have been great seeing him do that. Which reminds me of the job. Um, I think it was the last week we were talking about the chicken dance, and we were surprised how many people knew. Yeah, know the chicken dance. yeah. Which that hopefully that keeps going that way. <laughs> all right, so, so we don't have to rename this movie anymore. Ah. Thank you. I'm sorry. Um, if you could rename the movie, what would you rename it, Ralph? Uh, Justice League. Fuck it. It's us three. That's it. Or it's three. We're, we're <laughs> a league. I swear. We're a league. <laughs> wow. He, he doesn't sound at all that he's going off top of the dome. <laughs> at all. I don't know what we were supposed to rename it. <laughs> I've been doing it the past couple of reviews. We have? Yes. Oh, I never pay attention. <laughs> of course not. Just like the quick news. Mike? We have news? <laughs> Shut up. Um, I would just call this Justice League. El Superhombre gets a green card. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, I don't know. No, I guess not. He's not an American citizen without it. <laughs> oh, well, he landed in America, so. Yeah, he's been raised in Mexico, so we don't know. <laughs> we don't know where he was raised, hombre. Wow. I was just going to call it Justice League. Stan Lee's got some balls. Because <laughs> this is definitely Stan Lee's version right there. This is definitely, it feels like the, the Stan Lee version. So, all right. There you have it. Justice League, Gods and Monsters. Nothing else to say was it's definitely better than the other um, Justice League movies they've come out with. So, we'll be more back with more. Meanwhile, 22 pages later, after, fuck it, we'll be right back. So you've watched Daredevil twice? Sure, you're going to pass judgment, Mr. I Love Barbed Wire. Hey, Grumpy Oldman, we're recording a commercial here. Whoa, 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 you're just mad because we're not talking about your all-time favorite movie, Tomcats. Isn't that only watched by 12-year-old girls? Ralph is a 12-year-old girl. Have you not seen him? Hey, that's a good movie. Yeah, sure. <laughs> hey, guys, this is The Cap here with Mike the Finance Guy and Ralph the Tech inviting you to join the conversation from the show. We know you love Doctor Who, superheroes and their villains, gaming and TV and movie watching, but you need some very honest reviews from some very funny guys. So why don't you join in the conversation? Check out our Facebook page where you can like it and even leave a comment. And if you want to share it with your friends, our podcast is located on iTunes and also on SoundCloud. Because you hear what they say, great comic book debates are better in numbers. Now back to the show. Ah, looking at, looking at The Walking Dead. I can't wait to fear The Walking Dead. I'm definitely excited for that. No, I cannot wait. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and, and Ralph's bored to death. Now you know how I feel when you guys talk about Doctor Who? Yeah. Yeah, except, <laughs> except if you actually watched Doctor Who, you'd know it was great. Okay, yes. good. But it's, all right, let's go with the second half of the show. And now we're going to be talking about the newest member of the Marvel movie franchise. Wait, Marvel had a baby? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a, a small movie with a big impact. <laughs> Man. And with a synopsis, he liked that lead in. And with the synopsis is MFG, like the finance guy. Alrighty. 53 he- years, two directors, one major rewrite, and 117 minutes runtime later, Marvel Comics Ant Man is the 12th live action superhero film from Marvel Studios. The idea for Ant-Man was originally introduced in Tales to Astonish number 27, which was January 1962, and it was in a story titled The Man in the Ant Hill, where readers enjoyed the adventures of scientist Hank Pym, whose serum shrinks him down to the size of an ant, but who destroys his discovery after returning to normal size because it's too dangerous. Eight issues later, in Tales to Astonish number 35 in September of 1962, in a story called Return of the Ant-Man, 
The comic world uh, was introduced to Hank Pym in full Ant-Man costume using his intellect, technology, and an army of ants to stop communists from stealing a top-secret anti-radiation formula. And in Marvel premiere number 47 from April 1979, a story titled To Steal an Ant-Man, fans were first introduced to Scott Lang as Ant-Man and his nemesis, Darren Cross. The Ant-Man feature film was eventually directed by Peyton Reed, who did Bring It On and The Breakup, with writing credits shared by Edgar Wright, Adam McKay, and Mr. Paul Rudd himself. With a budget of $130 million, the film has so far returned $237 million worldwide gross and has received a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 79%, as well as a Metacritic score of 64 out of 100. Now for a synopsis. In the 2015 version of 1989, 110 million of a 130 million dollar movie budget was used to make 70 year old Michael Douglas look like he was 44 <laughs> as he bitch slapped the hell out of a smug future plot point. 26 motion picture years later, Paul Rudd was released from San Quentin after what we assume was his criminal involvement in the making of Anchorman 2 The Legend Continues. <laughs> in a plot that is easily classified as superhero meets Ocean's Eleven, scientist Hank Pym leads Scott Lang and his team of stooges on a heist to save humanity from the devastation of microscience gone mega bad. Evangeline Lilly capably plays Hope Van Dyne, who's Hank's daughter, but her character is plagued by lazy cliches and yawn-worthy tropes that do disservice to the character in particular and women in general. But faster than the cap here can burn his brosier in protest, <laughs> the uh, film's charisma, CGI FX, and quick pacing will have most popcorn eaters looking forward to a sequel. So the movie is starring Paul Rudd as Scott Lang, a.k.a. Ant-Man, Michael Douglas as Hank Pym, Evangeline Lilly as Hope Van Dyne, Corey Stahl as Darren Cross, Michael Peña as Luis, Tip T.I. Harris as Dave, David Daskmakian as Kurt, Bobby Cannavale as Paxton, Judy Greer as Maggie, Abby Ryder Forston as Cassie, and Anthony Mackey as Sam Wilson, a.k.a. Falcon. Ah, yeah. My father Falcon made a little short little cameo. Yes. Now we want to hit that button. Warning. This segment may contain spoilers. So leave Ralph alone. This is like the dead air show. <laughs> <laughs> We've had so much dead air between thinking and pressing buttons, but like, uh, okay. <laughs> Can air really be dead? Shulsa, I mean, is Shulsa. it alive? All right, all right, all right. Well, if it's breathed out of a zombie's mouth, though, it comes back and it tries to kill you. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, goodness. All that right. makes sense. All right, gentlemen. Ant-Man. Um, usually, I would start off with the question saying, what did you What did you like? I want to start with a different question because Mike and I were talking about this before the movie came out when he saw a trailer or two. What were your initial fears about the movie before you saw it and were they realized? I I thought that they were going to do like um they were going to start with you know Scott Lang being like the original Ant-Man. Okay. Whereas like they were Hank Pym I didn't even I didn't even know that the that the Hank Pym was actually going to be in it. I thought it was like someone developed some shrinking technology and it's a different scientist and they needed to use Scott Lang for it. Yeah. But then when I turn when it turns out that it was actually Hank Pym and then he actually was Ant-Man for a while during the communist uh, during World War One and World War Two or was it World War Two? Yeah, during World no, War II. it wasn't either. It was just, uh, just like Cold Commons, War. Yeah. yeah, it was just Cold, Cold War. Um, yeah, something. It was like the nineteen sixties. Yeah, so, so yeah. ending of the Cold War. Yeah, so uh, that he was actually the Ant Man during that time. I was like, okay, this is even better than the story than I thought they were going to tell. So, so you thought they were going to totally get rid of Hank Pym? As yeah, a that's that's why I, I was like, wait, so they're using Scott Lang instead of um, instead of Hank Pym? I'm like. Right. Wait, that, that that makes no sense because you can't have Ant Man without Hank Pym. 
Well, that argument could say you can't have Ultron without Hank Pym, but they managed to do that quite well. That's true. Right. Well, they, sorry, they managed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite well. <laughs> Mike, what was one of your fears that you, that you thought the movie was going to have? And um, my fears, I didn't have any particular fears about the movie until the last round of trailers where you started to see uh, a bit more of the jokey side of it. Um, and especially it's when he comes out to show uh, his three partners in crime uh, mm-hmm. the suits. It just reminded me too much of uh, Green Lantern, of Ryan Reynolds' <laughs> The Green Lantern. And that was just like this sudden fear of like, oh my God, please don't let this be a jokey film, you know. I mean, it, it, it was balanced, I thought. I know. I mean, it, I mean, I will get, I mean, I'll say it now. I mean, we get to it all since it's been brought up. But um, like I said to everyone, they hit my absolute limit of jokes. For this movie, I mean, and they were fine enough, but I mean, like, it, it, it wasn't that it was balanced. They just hit as many. If, if there was one more, I would not have been happy with this movie at all. You hear that, Marvel? One more, and Mike would have hated this movie. <laughs> I would have hated all of it. I just would have been like, you're right. I would have had a problem with the writing then because it, I mean, it's just one of those things that it's funny, like, you know, I didn't realize until I was writing the, um, all my synopsis and everything like that, I didn't realize that Paul Rudd had been a co writer. Oh, yeah. I saw at the you end. Know, I, I saw yeah. when they flashed the credits up. I said, "Oh, wow, Paul Rudd was." And then that was just like, "Uh huh." That explains a lot more. And and it's actually when I read, I'm um, sorry, when I read from like Michael Douglas interviews and stuff like that, they, he said that it actually there was more humor injected once Paul Rudd had written. You know, so it wasn't like, like, "Oh, you're just picking him because he's a comedian." It's like, no, he actually did add it all. He's going with his strength. Yeah, I, I, you know, which I was not happy with. You know? I thought that like a lot of the stuff that he said, that uh, Scott Lang's character said. Uh, was Paul Rudd like yeah. Paul, Paul, Paul Rudd. Rudd? Paul Rudd wasn't as Paul Rudd-y as he normally no, as he normally goes, which yeah. was good. That, I think that no, was, it was definitely good. It was something that Mike had mentioned, and it had me think about. Well, wait a minute, maybe it's possible that it could be a very Paul Rudd kind of a movie, which it wasn't. But here's my other fear, and I feel like it's realized. I felt like they've been pumping this film out to be really, really good, and it being average. And honestly, I'm not going to ratings. It was okay. It was it was not that great of a movie. It was it was good. It was fun. But I felt like there was nothing that was wow about it. That was just me. Oh, I mean, well, I mean, you know, you take all the hype that everyone comes out with any movie with a grain of salt. I mean, God knows they hype crap, <laughs> you, know, um, you know, because they have to. That's their job is to hype it. What did you say about the Fantastic Four? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or, or just, I mean, just, you know, that's picking up stuff we haven't seen. I mean, you think about movies we have seen where they've hyped it incredibly and you're like, I mean, that's their I'm, job. I'm <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. Well, you know. well, how about uh, The Last Airbender? That yeah. movie was hyped up to... Yeah freaking infinity and when you went to go see it and and let me amend what i said not not that you guys are are hitting the wrong point you guys are absolutely right but i think what i'm trying to say is that when it comes to marvel marvel when it's a good marvel movie and and there's and there's um critical um critical claim behind it usually okay it's gonna be a good movie besides avengers 2 with this movie i was like the two thor movies got you know they they still talk about didn't get the same kind of a claim that avengers 1 did or um, no but i mean it did as far as like ant-man like in other words it's just it's, Marvel's not going to go. This movie is going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, you know, some people might like the honesty and be like, you know what? I'm I'm going to see that movie. It's go, it's they're saying it's going to be okay. I bet it's probably going to be a little bit better than okay. <laughs> well, well, let me throw this out there, and then I'll throw. That. They're humble. These people are <laughs> humble. humble. Yeah, it, yeah. Well, I'll mention something later on. I'm doing um, geeks on the go. Um, what's interesting is that I just feel like this movie was just okay, and. A lot of people I speak to love the movie. They put it in their top three Marvel movies of all time. 
And, and I guess I'm just having a problem with that. Like, I don't understand what the... There are parts that I like, so that's why I want to open it up with. What do we like about the movie? And then maybe I can figure it um, out from there. I mean, I, well, yeah, I really did like the movie. I don't know rating... I mean, ranking-wise, where I'd put it. I'd have to think on that. Um, oh, my top three? Of the Marvel movies? Of the Marvel movies. That's a no. If anything, no. it's three for you or less. It's five. I'll put it in the top five. It would be in the top five. Right, yeah. but it wouldn't be your top three. No, no but I mean, I mean, teach his own. But I mean, you know, but yeah, I mean, it would be in my top five. Well, um, anyway, you have four. I mean, <laughs> that goes to the bottom of the pile anyway, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. It's because the hammer brings it down. I hate oh. the soundboard. <laughs> but um, uh, like I said, with me, um, I like the fact that they did, you know, Rain and Paul uh, Rudd's humor. I was very happy about that. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but I see my thing is, and then I uh, and I'm and I'll be able to back that up, uh, especially since I, our our Atlanta listener, when he finally catches up with this, is going to have problems with everything. But I found that the plot was very clear and concise, and I was very happy about that. It wasn't some convoluted. I don't know what's going on somehow in the middle of the mission. Uh, the danger of the plot itself wasn't convoluted. I, I didn't not not know why this would be a danger. Um, and it was very concise. It didn't feel like this needs to boil over into something else or that. I mean, besides, obviously, you know, a bad guy always gets something in the end. But I mean, it wasn't one of those like, wow, they, they're not anywhere near completing this thought. It, it was a very complete movie. And that made me very happy in that. Um, and the fact that it was very, I think it was told very clean as well. Yeah. Could something be told a little bit too clean, though? Like, mm-hmm. like, like it almost so clean that they're because it was so clean that, that that there weren't that there weren't any surprises that it was kind of like whole home we, we know it's going to happen therefore it's not that exciting well that's not clean i mean you guys have a, a confusing movie that's that's just boring <laughs> you know um i didn't like so what i like about this is that um which is another one of my likes is that nearly if not all because I, I just try even when i'm by myself i try and think of uh, more plot points but nearly if not all the story points were covered mm-hmm. like even i mean but they weren't covered it, it, all the time literally like uh like, you know, for instance, um, you know, you get Paxton's, Paxton's animosity with Pin, which we take care of right away with the hit in the face. That comes back later to bite him in the ass. Right. That's fine. So there's not a question of why does Paxton dislike Pim. Um, crosses, now, uh, um, our friend Sean, when we were t- discussing this, had a problem with this one because uh, he did not remember what, with, with the second viewing, I was like, oh, yeah, it's right there and it's not hidden. Um, he, would go, he says, well, I don't understand Cross's insanity. Uh, Darren Cross, which is the, the, the villain, Yellow Jacket. He said, because they established in there that uh, Evangeline Lilly, Hope says, you know, hey, you know, you're kind of going crazy because of your exposure to the, uh, to the pin particles. Particle. Yep. And, you know, uh, my friend Sean, he was just like, no, he was never exposed. And I'm like, yes, he was. Yeah. Now, not only do, I mean, now again, I'm going to use a word that I don't like to use it with movies that we, not only was he, but we can assume there has to be more ex- exposure. But now, I, I don't like assumptions when I'm left to only assume. But very first almost the opening scene when he sprays the guy because remember he's not using a liquid yeah, which is spraying. like he's holding he's spraying it he sprays the guy in the bathroom he's exposing himself to those pin particles even when he's in the lab to shrink the lamb when it finally works he's exposing himself to the pin particles so in that you have to assume the fact that that's how they treated the particles not knowing that there is a mental damage problem to it right he's ex- he's been exposing himself to the pin particles because yep. you have to figure logically not on an assumption basis that just like when they sprayed the lamb, he's in the thing very often spraying these things, seeing if it works. Right. So, you know, so that was explained. So, like, in other words, and, and it's not that it causes you to go insane. Hank Pym even says he was already a little off to begin with. So this right. just, so once again, covered another point. It pushed his insanity. Um, 
Lewis, the fact that he could knock out the guns, something this small, Lewis could knock out the guns with one of um, the guards with one hit. Remember what he says when we meet Scott Lang? I'm the only person that ever knocked out um, Peaches. Yeah. And we saw how tough that guy was to take down. Right. Covered that plot point. Yeah. You know, like, it's all these little things, like the discs um, that were used for defense, his defense discs, yeah. how that plays in towards the end. Covered. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, it was very. Okay. And, or, um, or how okay. about when they do the whole, how did he end up breaking into Hank Pym's place? Well, we found out that Hank Pym himself set the whole thing in motion. Yeah. Right. Covered. Like, it wasn't like, oh, you just happened to break into this old guy's place that just happened to be Ant-Man. That would have been BS. Yeah. They covered it. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it was a very clean movie. And I really was very happy. But I was surprised. Okay. Surprised at how clean it was. Mike, uh, Mike was probably with a checklist while he was going. So, all right. So, they introduced this? Okay. Oh, Let's see I if they mentally it. have that checklist all the time. Okay, check. <laughs> all right. Wait, wait. wait was this? All right, wait, wait. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, at, okay. at the end of the movie, yeah. Well, you, yeah, clean list. But you, clean know, list. <laughs> you guys You guys have been with me all the time. It really is. I mean, I have a mental checklist. And it's just like afterwards, I'm like, well, they didn't cover that. They didn't cover this. And I'm at a loss for at least offhand of anything that wasn't covered. One thing I didn't hear is Mike Cackle. Usually, Mike Cackles when something's like, off or wrong or stupid, ha! <laughs> <laughs> or or I'll he- I hear him. Not that I see him. I hear him shake his head. Like, like you, can, you can hear the movement inside of the side of that movement. Like, oh, it's with a head that big, the wind moves around. Wow, that's really good for me. Wow, oh my! And he and he gave himself props for that joke. Yeah. That's crazy. What about you, Ralph? What are some things you you definitely liked about the movie? Well, I actually didn't have a problem with all the jokes. I thought it was actually pretty right. funny. Of course. Um and like. Paul Rudd's interaction with uh, with Hank Pym and with Hope, it was pretty cool because like he's, it doesn't seem like he's not it. It almost seems like he's not taking it seriously for like the beginning, which is Paul Rudd. Yeah, but he actually is really like really serious about it because he really cares about his daughter. Right. So like he is that I like that that little fact there. So okay. so it, it makes it a little bit more playful and it allows you to like connect a little bit more with the character. I definitely like that about it. I definitely like that that the, the whole Scott like and and it's very true to the comic. Yeah. Or right. at least to the recent comic. Right, I was about to say the recent, the, the, yeah. the recent comic, because when he was leader of the Fantastic Four, yeah. that's one of the things that you know he was dealing with, and his daughter and how much he cared about his daughter for and other then, reasons. And then they explained the fact that he has a master's in electrical engineering, so right. he's not just some like uh, thief that just learns some stuff. Right. He's an actual you know, smart guy. Right. And the fact, just that whole scene with him breaking into the vault was so MacGyver-esque. <laughs> Oh my freaking yeah. god! I was like in my head, I'm like, oh my god, fucking MacGyver, right there. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody's ever said that before. Fucking MacGyver, go ahead, Mike. But that shit was just incredible. Right? Yeah, well, I mean, it was, that's what I said. I mean, it was very much like I said in the synopsis. It's very much like Ocean's Eleven. I mean, and that's that's also another thing that I really liked about the movie is that it wasn't very much a superhero tale, even though it had superpowers involved or powers involved. You say it it wasn't. I mean, you know. Yes, we know that eventually this would become a problem with the shrinking thing, and we saw the devastation that could be caused, so that's why Hank Pym wanted Darren Cross's experiment stopped. But it wasn't like a meteor is coming towards the Earth. We need somebody with powers. We need someone to save it. I mean, it wasn't that kind of superhero movie, and I like that it was very refreshing that it was just... It was a heist with superpowers, and yeah. you know, and, and and mind you, I wouldn't mind that. I, I I don't know. I just don't like the way it was executed. I mean, I liked it. It just didn't get me as excited as other movies have have done. I love Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, and Thirteen. Okay. Nobody likes Thirteen. Thirteen. What well, Thirteen was with Pacino, right? I know even. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, I like those kind of movies. I like the Italian Job. I like those kind of heist movies. And if you add a superhero, it makes it. He likes better. any kind of job. <laughs> <laughs> Italian, Russian. He and, doesn't care. <laughs> and job, yeah. Um, 
But I just, I don't know, it just didn't do it for me. It didn't feel as, like, where those movies have a little bit of intrigue, it just didn't. Yeah. Didn't uh, feel it. Oh, another thing I really liked, too, I liked the action, because I felt that the action was very engaging, but with not, without trying to be over the top. Like, they weren't trying to outdo each other. You know, it wasn't just like, you know, it wasn't Man of Steel. You know, okay. I, I didn't feel like I was watching Dread, because, I mean, there was no fight like that. You know, all the fights, I mean, in fact, you know, whenever you pulled away from the up-close fights very often, if he was fighting, let's say, Yellow Jacket, and you right. pulled it back out to the real world, the fights look really silly. It's these, like, yeah. small <laughs> objects being thrown around. That was a you know? funny. That and that was, I thought that was really clever. But even, um, like, even the action sequences that are dealing with large and small, like when the guards are after him and he's running through the makeshift um, cross-technologies display. Right. You know what I mean? It's just... It was. I just thought it was so well done and better than I would have thought it would have been to show the interaction between large and small. Because normally with a movie that deals with size, usually it's you shrink and now the entire movie is you shrunk. So now all the things you're finding are because you're small. So it's from that vantage point. Right. Then that's where you stay until the resolution of the movie. Now you're big again. That's how every shrinking like movie has ever I, been. Like how many shrink the kids. Exactly. Any, any shrinking movie. Or the Incredible Shrinking Man. You know. Shrinking Woman. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um. But this one, because his ability is actually to shrink and grow, you're now engaged on both levels. So you, you, you're not in just one area. And I thought that was really clever and really well done. It's again, it's just like all that because it was very it, part of the hype. I mean, I will go with which they kept saying you've never seen anything like that. I'm not saying it's going to change your life. It's not a new religion. But as far as superhero movies go, we haven't seen anything like that. Right. You know, it's. You know, I really did think that this was, you know, that was my fear when I first heard they were going to make an Ant-Man movie. Not because they've been actually trying to make this before even Iron Man with them. This was like licensed out to be made years ago. Wow. You know, oh, yeah. Um, you know, it probably would have been a horrible movie if they had made it back then. I expected this movie when I heard that they were going to bring it into the current you know, scheme of movies. I'm like, this is just going to be a movie about small base problems. And how interesting could that possibly be? It wasn't. And that's what surprised me, you know. Okay. Yeah. Um, what, what was something that you could, I mean, besides the humor, what is something that you either wish they added or something they could have done without? Something that was in the movie that they could have done without or something you wish they would have added to the movie? Because I know, I mean, like I said, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I could have done without the whole um, interaction with the Avengers um <laughs> Uh, that felt, I mean, granted, it, it, it still it, it worked. It felt out of place. Well, it, it worked um, only, it would have felt out of place if it wasn't for the fact that the piece of equipment he needed was in a factory that it turns out that the Avengers have taken over. Yeah. Like, if, it, if, if they had just somehow yeah. threw in, thrown in an interaction between Ant-Man and some Avenger, it would have felt really stupid. But, I mean, there was a purpose for it. I'm not saying that that wasn't one of my favorite scenes. I mean, it was, it was interesting. I mean, all they really did was just prove that a man with wings is really useless, which is what I keep saying all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially a man with mechanical wings. Um, I, mean, I mean, he's his own worst enemy in a fight. I mean, we even saw that. I even said that in uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah, he's yeah. his worst enemy <laughs> himself in a fight. Yep. And if he happens to those wings and you're in the air, you're kind of screwed. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyhow, that's beside the point. Uh, <laughs> um, I didn't mind the scene all in all. Um, my actual dislike, I, I have one dislike that is big. I mean, not big as in um, ruins the movie kind of big, but it's all of my dislikes for the most part center around the one thing, and it's the character of Hope. I just did not like the way she was written really? at all. I did not like it. And oddly enough, if you go around, I mean, you don't have to look for it. I mean, you just go around any review, everybody dislikes Hope. It is, wow. it is constantly the same review. You know, it's, it's not saying that Evangeline Lily's a bad actress. You just didn't write her well. You know, yeah, I uh, 
I didn't mind the interaction with uh, with Falcon because I know that's a setup for when they connect the movies. Right. All right. If they, even if they make like an Ant Man too, it could probably be like something of the Avengers, one of the Avengers approaching him or some shit. Right. Um, but one thing that I think they could have added. I don't know. I, I honestly like. I feel you felt as is you you were okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, it would have been cool if you had like a, a Tony Stark cameo or something. Like, mm. yeah. I feel like that's a little bit. See, my thing is, I didn't like the the, the Avenger thing because, I, like I said, I f- it felt out of place. It felt forced. I thought there I was going to be done something else with the Avengers to include it to make it feel a little more genuine. What in the in the flashback that they have at the beginning? I thought it was going to be like Howard Stark or something in that meeting. You know, it was at the meeting. He was. Oh, yeah. it was an older Howard Stark. Yeah, because yeah. it's nineteen eighty nine. Okay, just like that was um, Agent Carter. Right. Oh, right. He said yeah. Peggy. Wow. I just yeah. I just saw the, the light the, the, the light in his eyes go off. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was yeah. amazing. Yeah, so oh, was, that's why she looked. Yeah, like it was that. Peggy and Howard Stark. Which, well, remember, he said, yeah. "I'm not going to. I didn't allow my um my particles to fall in the hands of one Stark. Right. I'm not going to allow. I'm not going to hand them to another one. <laughs> you know. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I because the more you guys talk about it, I, I've got to watch it the third time. I've seen it once in the theater with Mike and Joe. Shout out to Joe. Um. Um, for, for Joe's bachelor party, we went to go see the Ant-Man. Huh, you guys are some wild guys. Hey, what can I say, you know? We're wild and crazy <laughs> guys. Well, don't, don't, I don't know <laughs> say that. <laughs> but we, we watched it, and also, I we, we had been drinking because we went to Barcade. Okay. Um, so we went to Barcade. I had a Slurpee. So I was feeling kind of tired. It was a long day. I was kind of tired. He's I, old. Yeah. All that ended together. Shit. So, then I, so then I watched it again um, in the comfort of my own home. I have people. <laughs> so I watched it and I enjoyed it a little bit more, but I'm wondering if just, you know, if it was me, because I was tired both times. Is it me being tired or just, you know, I just don't like the movie? You may not just like the movie. You don't have to like you it. being old. Well, you know what? I guess because I feel like, you know what? People are saying it's pretty good. I'm pretty much, you know, I pretty much enjoy those movies, but it was it was just okay at best. I mean, you know, I, it was, I don't know. I, I mean, I mean the, 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 how did you feel about the, the big fight sequence um, at the end? With Yellow Jacket? Yes. Um, I, I thought oh, that was fun. I, I thought, like I said before, I enjoyed all the action. I, I thought all of the action was well done. Every single piece of it. Yeah. I, really, yeah. I mean, I really thought it was clever how, you know, the, like you said, they were bouncing it out, but especially in there. Yeah. When fighting Yellow Jacket in the house, that was pretty cool. That was, yeah. that was very, very cool. Yeah. I, I just thought all of it was very, very well done. Um, like, like I said, my biggest problem was with Hope. I, you know, um, like my problem with Hope is that, uh, well, a lot of people have a problem, first of all, that Janet Van Dyne wasn't Wasp. I mean, she was, but yeah. she wasn't really there in the way that people wanted. I'm fine. I understand it. If you have an old Hank Pym, I don't want a young Janet, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's... Michael it's, Douglas has a young wife. <laughs> or he did. I mean, they could have just said that, like, you could have just said that, um, you know, his he had married, like, Joan Van Dyne, and that's just Janet, his daughter. I mean, they could have just gone I, I that way. Thinking, I was thinking they were going to yeah. do that as yeah. well. I, yeah. think, I think a lot of people thought that was going to be the case, only because the Wasp as Janet has such a rich history, yeah. you know, um, which, which a lot of people say is also the disservice that they did to the Wasp, which is because, um, you know, she is a founding member of the Avengers in the comics, mm-hmm. and that now she's relegated to being a permissioned hero, which is my problem with Hope, is that uh, in, the, in the movie, think about all the characters you have there. You know, you have the, the three stooges that you know that are working together to helping him they're fun uh you have hank pym you have uh you have scott himself right you have the craziness of darren cross um and uh even the overprotectiveness of the husband the the new husband and stuff like that 
And now, yeah, you get Judy Greer as the ex-wife to, uh, to Scott Lang. That's fine. But she's barely in the movie, you know. And, and she shouldn't be. I mean, there's no reason to be in the movie anymore. So the only other woman you have is Evangeline Lilly. So all those guys I mentioned have all different types of personalities, all of them. So, like, you can sit there and identify with that one and pieces of this one. The problem, and it's not just with Evangeline Lilly. Again, it's not her. It's the writing. It's because of what they did is that you've given now one woman. She now has to be every woman. Uh, exactly. Seriously. Yeah. See, exactly. <laughs> you didn't <laughs> yeah. think that was coming up. Yeah. She has to be the some hopes and desires of for all women instead of being because right. she can't be an individual character. Right. She Hold now on. has to be every character. Hold you on. know. Give me a sec so I can clean the blood out of my ears from that oh, horrible wow. music. You, you've got ball saying that here in your impressions. Go ahead, Mike. Um, yeah, there's two of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because like... Both bad. Both bad and worse. Because <laughs> like, you know, once we meet her, what, is, what happens? She, she's, she's instantly Jurassic World. She's instantly established as a cold, bitchy, successful businesswoman. And she... And, but why is that character? Resentful. But, and yes, and resentful. And why is this characteristic? Because... Before the movie breaks down, I mean, ends, we have to have her walls come down so that she can become a normal person and realize she has feelings. That is so trite and so yeah. tiring, you know. Um, she's more capable than Scott. Right. But yet she's not allowed to be the character. Then we get, and we now, we know why, of course, and that's the same old tired line, which is, I just wanted to protect you. Well, then you wouldn't have had her work for Darren Cross, first of all, who's obviously <laughs> insane and will murder people. You know, well, like well, uh, Hank does say that she she voted him off right. the board off of his company, right? But then she realized later on that how crazy Darren was, and that's right. When she but my point stopped. though is just that like she's in a dangerous situation, but like she's not allowed to now do what she can do better than than Scott probably could ever have done. Yeah. You know, like and then. You know, like I said, so you get the this is your your best interest thing, which is a horrible thing to do in general, and it's especially for the only woman in the film, you know, who's right. supposedly a very capable woman. Again, she wasn't like some weak woman that he was like, I was trying to protect you. She's kick ass, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then at the end, she's given permission to be a hero. Yeah. And that right. you know, like, and that's like I said and again, this has nothing to do with Evangeline Little. This is just the writing, and that part I just found it, it faltered. I found it weak, and I feel ashamed that they couldn't have written the character better you know do you think that it's possible that they're saving the wasp i mean i mean just to shift gears for a second because you're talking about you know the lack of female characters in the movie is it possible that they're saving the wasp from maybe agents of shield no because what because think about if she's caught in the not the microverse but she's caught in what what do they refer to the um, subatomic quantum okay is the the quantum well it's all the subatomic universe subatomic universe because they say that they People age differently and all that stuff. Oh, you're talking about Janet. Yes, Janet. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I thought you were talking about Hope. No, 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 no. Talking about, I'm, talking about Janet, a, Janet Van Dyne, aka the Wasp. No. Is it possible that they they didn't put her in the movie because they're going to use her for Agents of Shield? Maybe no. find a way to have her come back. I doubt that. I mean, if they did that, they would just do that in the second Ant Man movie. I mean, they wouldn't because that would be the new plot point. Would be Hank now knowing that it's possible to get out of the quantum realm, that he would become probably more obsessed thinking it's possible because again there's really no reason that she has to be alive in fact i i wouldn't like that because that's really hokey and now you're kind of and if she's if she's still young now you got two wasps that's Mm -hmm. really not going to work very well you know um but you could see him becoming obsessed with the idea of looking for the search for janet van dyne you know like (laughs) you could easily see that happening um for the second one um hope as the wasp though um is uh, kevin faye says that she will not be in civil war okay but you know he has other plans but she will return um you know and be 
He's saying pretty kick-ass stuff like that. Um, Maybe oh, Avengers three, probably. Probably so. Um, one other thing, I, I just I also didn't like. Now this wasn't just her. This is one part of um, the movie. This one, my one dislike is not talking about the um, the the end stingers, but the end of the regular part of the movie. That wholly ridiculously forced relationship out of nowhere with those oh. two. Oh, like yeah. they should have ended that with them with him going. I mean, either one of them. In fact, fine if you want to make it her like her going like. So Scott, let's get coffee, and maybe him saying something like, "I'm not that kind of guy," or something like that, yeah. or you know, and then because that shows, okay, a relationship could start, right? Not this whole, and suddenly they're kissing at the end. You're like, why? Like, like even though I know it's a written line, but to me, it was almost like Michael Douglas himself wrote that line. Like, when did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Like, when did this happen? <laughs> you know, very true. Yeah, it did feel very forced. Oh, it's completely forced. That Ant Man and Wasp have to be together. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, before, um, anything you want to mention before you go to ratings? Uh, before we go to ratings, let's have a moment of silence for all those poor ants that were lost in the battle. Anthony. Anthony. <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> I like. I say. I re- again. That's another scene that I, I really like. I like when um, Anthony was you know killed with a bullet, and there wasn't a big stop moment, of course, anything like that. I mean, the action is still going. I respected that. I really liked that. But I like that Scott was just like, "You're going to pay for that." Like, I mean, and not in like a jokey way. He was just like, seriously, like, you're going to pay for that. <laughs> and I like that because it's just like, you know, yeah, I mean, most of the other ants are just ants. But like, he's bonded. Like, it just, it gave him more reality. It's just like, it's just like, I mean, Anthony's like a dog to him. It's like, you know, yeah. I, I like this character. I've grown to like him. It, it sounds stupid, but I just really like that brief moment. You know, like, they didn't go too weepy with the moment. But I just like when Scott was just like, you're going to pay for that. You know? Right. Um. By the way, anybody listening to this review, do not leave the theater. There are two endings. Correct. Do not leave uh, the, the theater. The last one is all the way at the end. So, yes, you have about a four-minute to five-minute wait going through credits. And it's actually the better one out of the two endings. Oh, I enjoyed both of them, but sure. Eh. I mean, the other one just... The other one just something we knew that was going to happen anyways. Well, yeah, like, but I mean... Yeah. Oh, surprise. This is, this is what they've been boiling to. I had no idea this was happening. That's why it's not a real ending. <laughs> not a real ending at all. But yeah, the second one is pretty good there. Um, um, you gonna say something? Um, something you wanted to add before we go to ratings? No, I'm good. Okay, ratings for Ant Man. Um, Ralph, I give Ant Man nine giant Thomas trains out of ten. <laughs> nine <laughs> giant Thomas trains. <laughs> nice, Mike. I will give it. I'm gonna give it. Eight and a half, Revenge of Antony, the zombie ant coming soon, out of ten. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> I'm going to give it seven. The helmet was pretty cool, out of ten. <laughs> I thought the whole look was really cool. I, I really liked the way that they redid it um, without, you know, looking corny. It looked just really, really good. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, by the way, did anyone enjoy uh, seeing, uh, was it Garrett Morris or, um, in the yeah. cabs? From Saturday Night Live, the black guy that was in a cab. Oh, oh. yeah, because because um, in in a Saturday Night Live skit from way back in the seventies, he actually played Ant Man at a at a superhero party. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh man, <laughs> which is why he was thrown in there. You know? It's funny how Mar- Marvel does that really well. Um, they'll throw a lot of cameos. Like if you ever watch Iron Man, the, the original Iron Man. Mm-hmm. If you notice, remember when Iron Man is talking to um, Rhodey um, about they have a, a serious meeting and they you know they're partying in the jet. Yeah. Okay. And there's a rap video going on on the TV on the wall inside the plane. Okay. Do you know why that why that rap video is so important? Hmm. No. The rapper in there is Ghostface Killer. Ghostface Killer, his 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 AKA name was Iron Man. Oh, cool. So he, so he had said, if you ever do an Iron Man movie, I would like to provide a song for you guys. 
So oh, that's cool. why they have oh, that's really it. Nice so Marvel does that really well. They do a lot of the little side things that, you know, if you're not noticing, right. you'll, you'll totally yeah. miss it. Yeah, Stan Lee's cameo was real, real funny. Uh, Stan yes. Lee. <laughs> they always find Stan Lee, you know, thank goodness he's feeling better. I mean, I know we've, we, he's got a number of years with us, but... He's, I mean, I, I don't want to see anything happen, but I mean, that man, I mean, he can't have much longer, you know, and I'm not wishing him gone. They he just, just can't. <laughs> they should have filmed his cameos for the remaining movies right now. <laughs> if, if only they knew how, that would be great. <laughs> Maybe you know? just put him into a machine and, have, and have, make him CGI, like, like CGI him all the way through. Yeah, full, although, full 3D scan. Although I did hear he will be in blackface with the Black Panther movie. No, okay. oh. <laughs> <laughs> like Roddy Piper. I do imagine that. <laughs> oh, just by, have him in Yaconda. Also, just one thing I wanted to mention, like uh, for those that may not know, Hope Van Dyne actually does exist in does a she? part of the Marvel Universe. She existed in that obscure MC2 universe. And oh, where's right. it was predominantly women, I believe. No, it was just it was just MC two. Yeah, it was just Spider Girl, and it was yeah, there was Spider Girl. The, the eight was it A two? That was the Avenger team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so all pre- that. It was predominantly yeah. females. I suppose so. Um, but she, yeah, she is she is the daughter still of Hank and Janet, but she also had a brother. But um, in that, she was the Red Queen, and she wasn't. Well, actually, both of them were villains. Both of the uh, of the children were villains, and she was a villain. But uh, as the Red Queen, she had the bio wings like her mom did, which they won't do in the movie. But she had bio wings. She had uh, stingers in her gloves, and her gloves had claws. But she didn't have the ability to alter her size. Oh wow! Okay. So when you really think about it, she was just a, a woman in a red bee costume that looked really weird at <laughs> <laughs> <In> full size. <laughs> wow! All right, so there you have it. Ant Man. No renaming of the movies, Mister. I do this all the time. I'm sorry. I guess because <laughs> I know I just started. I'm sorry. I'm not <laughs> so I guess I'll start it with. Um, no, I'll let you guys go because because you haven't thought of anything. No, because my mind has changed. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph, what do I go first? Have Mike go first. Okay, Mike. Um, well, I just thought that the movie could focus more on Hank Pym, so I just decided to call it "Honey, I Shrank My Viagra: The Hank Pym Saga." <laughs> You want me to let you go last, Ralph? Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, let me find mine. Um, shoot. I, you know what's funny? This this movie, I really didn't even have a name for it. <laughs> because for me, I, I just didn't like it that much. I just was like, you know. Such a, <laughs> such a hater. <laughs> Ant-Man, the shortcomings. <laughs> go ahead, Ralph. Ant-Man, parkour, smaller size. Wow. <laughs> parkour, smaller size. <laughs> All right. All right. So there you have it. Ant-Man, small movie, big ratings, but not from this cap. So, (laughs) don't go anywhere, because Geeks on the Go is next. Geeks on the Go. Thank you again, Dariana, for that. (laughs) She's like, you're welcome. welcome. (laughs) All right, guys, you already know the segment. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek. Why, why, why? Why what? (laughs) Why what? That comes before Z. Oh, oh, thank you. I, was, I, was, I had trouble with that. All yeah. right, done. I'm done with the shtick. Do you guys want to do it? Do what? Do what? He's on the go. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah sure. whatever. All right. <laughs> I got time to kill. Ready, set, go. If the Justice League of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, and The Flash were stripped of their powers, who would still be able to be a successful crime fighter? Wait, wait, wait. Scratch Batman. Ralph? Uh, if it's Barry Allen Flash, I would say Barry Allen Flash. All right. Ooh. Mike? Uh, Wonder Woman. She's Amazon trained. Plus, she'll be aided by her non-powered twin brother. We don't know who that is. He what? once was a little green grabber. Oh, God. Don't <laughs> <Go on, laughs> be. Okay, anyway. I can't believe I just sang that with you. <laughs> okay, same question, but now using the, the movie Avengers team, except for Tony Stark. Mike? 
Well, Thor, he's a warrior. Besides, Cap is a poser that was military trained for three weeks max. Wow. <laughs> Ralph? I would have to go with Thor because he's badass. Okay, all right. Um, DC decided to go with two separate flashes for their movie and TV franchises. Is this a wise move? Ralph? Well, yes, if they're keeping it with like a separate universe, like separate parallel stories or something. Okay. Time is up. We'll still continue. Mike? Yes, because at least Grant Gustin will have a successful career after the movie. Wow. <laughs> Shout out to Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> and last but not least, who would win? Black Doom or the motherfucking Jor-El? Ralph? Of course. Ralph. Oh, God. <laughs> See, wow. wow. Really? <laughs> really? Oh, God. Mike? The motherfucking Jor-El will beg for mercy from Black Doom's <laughs> motherfucking Black Might. <laughs> Is he going to hit him with the black mamba? <laughs> You'd have to ask him that. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, or is he going to bring his black hammer to bear and hit him with all his black might? Hey, look, he's a friend of mine. I just text. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. Shout outs. I have a couple of shout outs that I want to give out. Shout outs to um, Johannes. I know that school's done, so hopefully we'll hear more from you soon. All Yay. those dastardly projects are done for the day. Straight A pluses? I'm assuming. Wait, he, do, he does work for Dastardly? Shut. Shut up. And Muttley, too? Oh, goodness. That's old school. Part. There we go. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Shout out to Rich. If you're listening, please respond to the, to the Facebook page. Want to see if that works. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll just call you uh, Forbidden Planet Rich for right now. Forbidden Planet Rich. <laughs> Hopefully you've listened and you enjoyed and keep listening. And if you enjoyed, tell others. That's right. And um, finally, a uh, shout out to... Actually, more a congratulations to Joey and Kim on their nuptials yesterday. They, they, they had a beautiful ceremony. Yeah. And like a rioting crowd. So wait, was it peanut nutshells? No, nuptials. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you, nuptials. Peanut nuptials? Oh, I thought I they were nutshells. Shit it. <laughs> so congratulations, Joey and Kim. They have uh, many, many more years. Of many more nuptials. Many more happy marriage, uh, marriage, marriages. Goodness, stop, stop it, stop, stop, stop. I'm trying to speak. You guys, keep fucking with me. I thought you were a finance guy, hope, not an English teacher. Hope, hope you're married a long time. Hope it goes great. Joey, Nuptials? Joey, put this toilet seat down. Kim, I don't know. Pick it up. <laughs> give, him, give him his balls out of your purse once in a while. There we go. <laughs> and I can't talk. <laughs> Any shout outs from you, gentlemen? Uh, I like to shout out. Uh, Myself, because I'm only awesome. shout at yourself. Pick, get somebody. All and, right, and himself never responds. Right, <laughs> that guy's such a dick. Himself you know, even rejects himself. <laughs> I, that guy's an asshole, man. It's like he, I call him all the time. He never answers the phone. <laughs> I shout out to Black Doom. Hopefully, he'll get him on the podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a really good idea. That would definitely be a great idea. You think Rick Grimes will make another appearance? Oh. <laughs> or with the Maybe around come. October. Speaking of which, um, hopefully we can get Hips to Tom on the show when um, the Fear of the Walking Dead come on. That'd be kind of cool, also. Yeah. yeah. Is he going to be out of jail by then? Hipster Tom? <laughs> oh, I don't know. With a name like Hipster Tom, he has to be a criminal. Wow. <laughs> we'll see if he responds to that. And we'll see if he's listening. <laughs> That'll tell us whether he's going to get on here again. Yeah, and, and hopefully you guys will all be listening to the next time we get together. So for MMG Mike the Finance Guy, RT Square we're off the tech, and Dariana giving a little cameo. This is the ca- <laughs> yay! <laughs> this is a cap saying keep it geeky. And is it even a coincidence that Fox, Fuck, and Fantastic Four all start with the letter F? Nope. <laughs>